Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese. Again, as I go back and forth on my computer here, I have the YouTube feed. Again, the YouTube feed is way better than what's going on over on Twitter Live. Uh, I've got Twitter Live here. I've got the YouTube feed here, and we are going to get after it on a uh, seventh day of December 2022. Look, uh, we actually do have real stuff to talk about. Uh, we have, as James Goes Boom says, this makes me happy. James Goes Boom, this makes me really happy. Look, we have a Wilson Contreras uh, contract to talk about, the newest member of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals everyday lineup. We have a Rule 5 draft pick of a gentleman who might be a psychopath, uh, but is also maybe one of the more talented arms in the Cardinals bullpen potentially now. Uh, we have uh, uh, a pitcher who was, was added to the 40-man uh, in Guillermo. Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm me- – uh, 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 boy, I'm messing up. I'm uh, – Zuganina. God, I'm so stupid. I just completely blacked out. Anyways, we got shit going on, and I look like a fucking asshole to start. Uh, we're not drinking enough. So let's start here. Zuniga. I'm such an idiot. I couldn't. Zu, I kept saying Zugina in my mind, and I couldn't think of what it was. Uh, Guillermo Zuniga from uh, the Dodgers organization. Uh, yeah, gentlemen. Hey, Trevor. Hey, Trevor Huth is in here. All right. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get started. Uh, the cool thing about YouTube is that we can put the questions up there, and I really like that, the questions and comments. Like, for instance, the first thing that we had was from Thomas Reese, who is not related, who just says, hello. Uh, then we had Gif saying, hi, Thomas. Then Josh Huffin said, you got this. Uh, Thomas Reese says, just making sure I am set up correctly. Aaron Johnson said, pad, 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 as did gifts. And then Thomas Reese said, let's go. All right, so we have beer. We're going to start off by cracking our Montucky. We're going to give a cheers to the Cardinals front office who did some things today. Hooray! Then we're going to go to our Aldi's Advent calendar beer. A Belgian Blondale with a really cool uh, Norwegian-style decor thing on the on the thing. And we're going to cheers to Wilson Contreras because nothing says Wilson Contreras like Belgian beers. Oh, and then our third beer tonight, because I don't drink booze anymore during pad, is this uh, Horny Goat Brewing Company albino white stout uh, aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, sounds kind of racist to me. Don't understand why stout just can't be, you know, non-albino, uh, but to whites and blacks alike. Boy, what a shit show we've gotten off to to start. Uh, uh, all right, before we get into what's going on on YouTube, we'll stick with what's going on over on Twitter. Try to get through some of those. Uh, but so Ryan Olson over on Twitter says, Wilking Rodriguez going to be the drunkest dude at the World Series parade. No doubt about it. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Wilkin Rodriguez, a 32-year-old, kind of an unusual situation to be drafted in the Rule 5 draft, the big righty bullpen arm uh, that was technically drafted from the Yankees, spent most of his time in the Mexican League, play, pitching an indie ball a little bit here and there. But it's a really exciting uh draft pick acquisition for the Cardinals organization. Again, I'm going to go through these kind of quick. I promise we'll get to Wilking in more detail, but that's a big arm with 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 big velocity and impressive movement profile. Uh, so 
a name to be excited about, even though he's not traditionally the type of name that would get people excited. It's awesome we live in a world where the Cardinals and their scouting staff are turning over every brick and rock to find uh, uh, potential major leaguers. You can't beat that. Uh, it's You know, we say it every week. We say it every opportunity we get. What the Cardinals – uh, scouting staff does is is almost second to none. They do incredible work, and I think between Logan Sawyer specifically and now Wilking Rodriguez, we're starting to see uh, the fruits of some exhaustive labor. So, to the scouting staff, we raise our uh, glasses. Over on YouTube, Sam Lambert says, <laughs> "This is my favorite cult." Brent 4G says, would love if we were actually aggressive and went and got Swanson too. That's not aggressive. That's a poor spending of money when you're a team that budgets themselves. Uh, you know, if you're going to go out and spend, give me a, a Senga. You know, give me Kodai Senga. Like, uh, uh, that, that's what I want. That's That'll do more for the Cardinals than anything. I, you know, uh, uh, Dansby Swanson is not that much of an upgrade over Edmund and the combo of Gorman and Donovan in the middle infield. I, I think, you know, again, if if you're the Yankees and you're bringing in Dansby Swanson, then that's good. But when you're the Cardinals and you budget funds, it doesn't really do them as much good to have Dansby Swanson. That's a role player on a team who needs more than a role player. Uh, give me give me something special. Give me something more than that. If you're going to spend 23 mil or 20 mil on Dansby, give me 25 or 27 on Bogarts instead or Correa. Somebody who can actually make a difference in the lineup, not just be a really, really solid player. Cardinals have enough really, really solid players. And, they, you know, adding Wilson Contreras does a ton for their lineup. It's awesome. But uh, we, we, we want more. Victoria Dryden says, hello, Kyle Gibson. Pat, hello, Victoria. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson says, the Cardinals got Contreras for my dad for his birthday. That's really cool. Yeah, I love when uh, coincidences work out like that. Happy coincidences. Enchil says, this is also my favorite cult. Yeah, look, the cult of Pat. And again, the cool thing about the cult of Pat is there really isn't a leader so much as somebody steering the bus, which I don't really know if you want somebody steering a bus in a cult. Now that I think about it, it's an easy way to get everybody off of a bridge or off of a cliff's edge. Uh, but the thing about the cult of Pat is that it's your cult. You guys do it. I'm just the asshole who talks. These are your comments. And sure, I give my thoughts. But, you know, it's your show. I'm just here to facilitate it. Um uh, Nick O says, Kyle needs to do the Wilking Sky Punch to start every pad from here on out. That's not a bad idea, Nick O. I think we might end up taking you out up on that. Over on YouTube, Quinn says, anything I said about Contreras in 2018 was completely satirical. I think there is a lot of Cardinal fans who feel that way right now. Um, uh, yeah, look, it's uh, that's part of the beauty in all of this. Getting passionate, right? We're passionate about the Wilson Contreras signing, even if we think it's a bad idea, we think it's a good idea. We're passionate in our hatred for the Cubs. Uh, we, we're going through the same emotions with Wilson, Wilson Contreras that we would, that we sort of did with John Lester too, right? Uh, and that we would have if the Cardinals would have signed Rizzo or Bryant or any of those other names. Uh, uh, you know, so you know we're dealing with it, but that's kind of the beauty in all this is uh, we get to get lost again in our emotions. And one of the beautiful things about life is admitting when we uh, we we let the emotions get the better of us and we were wrong because of it. Uh, but you know that's really cool. Again, over on YouTube, Nico reminds me it is Zuniga. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm I'm a uh, I'm an idiot. And Josh Huffman says Del Toro. I love it. Uh, getting off of YouTube for a second, back over on Twitter. Adam Apple says, Cardinals actually spent money. Woohoo! Yeah, look, see, and I'm telling you, like, 
hopefully the Cardinals take this lesson. It, the Cardinals didn't spend a ton of money, relatively speaking. Now, $17.5 million a year for five years is a lot of money. And we know it's a lot of money for the Cardinals, too. That's not to disparage what the Cardinals do, but we know that's a lot of money. But they did. They went out and got the best catcher available. And even the people who are kind of on the fence about it, or even the people who aren't down on who are down on it, they acknowledge that the Cardinals spend money and they're happy about that. You know, this this isn't Dexter Fowler or Brett Cecil. This is something more. This is a guy who was one of the best at his position for a couple of years. And sure, there will be regression. He's not going to probably hit for the same power at Bush that he did in Wrigley. I think that's fair. And there are defensive concerns. But you you know, you know, can't be one of these fans. You can't be a fan at all and tell the Cardinals, to, I want them to get better. I want them to get better. I want them to get better. And then when they spend money to get better and acquire the best – you know, acquire the best free agent available at the position. You know, it's it's not Dexter Fowler who was just a flash in the pan, who had a who's coming off of a career year or a couple of good years between Baltimore and the Cubs. Uh, th- this is Wilson Contreras. This is a guy who has staying power and has proven it. You know, uh, if you're going to spend the money, spend it this way. And Cardinal fans have responded to it, and I, I think that that hopefully is a lesson the Cardinals can take from all of this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dat K Diddy says Contreras sucks, y'all. Uh, you're an idiot. B Red six one five cards still don't have an ace. Yeah, uh, can't win without an ace. That's not true, but yeah, they need better pitching. I agree. Spaghetti Jones says, "What's up, dog? Hey, what's up?" Uh, Trevor Ho says, "Do you think the Cardinals can go another year without protecting Paniagua?" I don't know if I can tell you right now, Trevor. I think that we need to wait and see what the 2023 season looks like. You know, uh, we'll know more at Double A this year. You know, I. I, I I would suspect that if he has a good camp, he'll start at double A. You know, I, I think they can because I think Enohan Paniagua is a little overrated by the fan base. You know, uh, he's the kind of guy who I wouldn't think has, you know, who doesn't have the value on the trade market that a lot of other people have. You know, uh, the concern with Enohan, even though he measures better, is that he's just some variation of Angel Rondon. Now, there was a time where training Angel Rondon was a good idea. And there was a time when the Rule 5 draft made you protect someone like Angel Rondon. Uh, but we see you don't have to do that with, you know, him, Paniagua. The league has kind of adjusted to that. So, uh, you know, hopefully they put him, he puts himself in a position where the Cardinals do have to protect him next season. Ha! <laughs> Daddy K did. He said, when did Cardinals, uh, Kyle turn into a Cardinals uh, office, front office rights holder? Matt Lang says, can you get closer to the camera for Twitter? Absolutely. Uh, 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 Clayton, hey, I want to see you do this down in a hundred doing doing this down in a handle oh no 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 you do not that's a uh, uh, Clayton one time I did this while I was uh, I had a concussion and I drank a lot of booze and it was a whole thing all right uh over on Twitter uh, over on YouTube Nicholas Childress says Enchil says I'm gonna crack open a brew tonight I love it uh Josh Huffins gives it a little cheers uh Aaron Johnson says oh uh Josh Huffin Huffins says I'm gonna get a scotch now we're talking Aaron Johnson says, I've heard chatter about Leonardo Bernal this week. Uh, enlighten us. Yeah, Bernal is an 18-year-old who more than held his own at uh, at Palm Beach this year, low A, who is a, a, a contact, relatively speaking, oriented catching prospect who has surprise pop due to some pretty impressive bat speed. He's also a very steady uh, uh, catcher and big body. He's got to develop big body to go along with all his potential. Look, uh, him and Jimmy Crooks are top 15 prospects in this organization to me. I think you could probably make an argument that both deserve to be higher ranked than Michael McGreevy. Uh, uh, 
I, I think so at least, but I also think that everybody overrates Michael McGreevy, and I wish I would have stuck with that, just like I wish I would have stuck with my thoughts about Matthew Libertor. Uh, both can be better than what they are, but they're just not yet, and they will be if they keep working, but they're just not yet. They've got some things they have to work on. But Bernal is a legit prospect. You know, I think there's an argument to be made that he's more advanced at 18 than Yvonne Herrera was, and we all know Yvonne Herrera was an advanced 18-year-old prospect. It's part of the reason why Yvonne Herrera got on the map that he did. Uh, so that, you know, that's, that's Bernal strong arm, strong defensive catcher, strong game color is my understanding. And just a really promising 18 year old, you know, that these kind of players don't grow on trees. Uh, B right says, are you filming on an Nokia? Yeah. I mean, it might as well be my shitty phone along with a uh, uh, shitty uh, t- Twitter live. Uh, Sarah Ann says, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Sarah Ann. I'll drink to you, uh, to you and your Twitter and tagging people who aren't even real. Uh, in tweets because they get underneath your skin for no reason. <sighs> James goes boom says cliffs. Beebs 34 says all I hear is how bad at framing Contreras is. I think Yadi is at spring training helping him. Probably, you know, I saw one of the uh, legit journos tweet out that Contreras has actually shown progress uh, defensively in the last three years. I can't say for sure. I don't watch him every day, but yeah, more than likely he's a bad framer and that blows. Uh, yeah, I can't say much about that. That that would suck, but they'll be fine. Caleb Noble says, love the bullpen moves. Buy low on strikeout guys with good peripherals always. Yeah, look, I bring in all those arms. Bring them in on minor league deals. Bring them in on professional deals. Like, I like it all. Uh, Dad K. Diddy says, can I get lost in your emotions, Kyle? If you like, you can get lost anywhere. Emotions, holes, whatever you'd like, Dad K. Diddy. Iowa X says, when will the Cardinals get someone from the transfer portal? Uh, it sounds like uh, Dominic Lovett uh, from Mizzou, the wide receiver, might make a good center fielder. Uh, B-Rat says they need to spend money on an ace they never do. Yeah, the only ace out there is Carlos Rodon, and I agree with you. The pitching needs to get better. I don't know if spending money on it is the best. Uh, I'd like to see them trade for it. Uh, uh, you know, some of the resources that they didn't use to, tr- to trade for Sean Murphy, I'd like to see them use that to make their pitching staff better. Uh, Thomas Reese says, salute to you, Thomas Reese. Uh, driving a bus while drinking a beer. Yeah, we can't have that. I would not recommend that. Uh, Jack Callahan says, how long before JoJo and Wilking are taking shots together in the bullpen? I'm going to tell you right now, man. Uh, you know, for me, the left-handed relief situation is simple. It's, uh, it's Zach Thompson and JoJo, uh, JoJo, uh, Reyes. Reyes? I was, uh, and JoJo. It's, uh, God, I don't know why I'm blanking. I'm so focused on other shit right now. Um, JoJo, uh, uh, JoJo and Tom, uh, uh, Kay Thompson, Zach Thompson, uh, in the, uh, on the left-handed side of the bullpen. Hold on. Let me zone in. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I've got way too much shit going on. Let me, let me focus in and get going. God, it's been a while since I've had to do that. Uh, you've got JoJo and you've got Thompson on the left side, right? With Henesis and Packy as backup. You're going to need all the depth that you can get. And I think Wilkink gave himself, he's in the clear path to be a prominent member of the bullpen. So, yeah, look, I think uh, satire, uh, uh, satire having it all. Um, I think that, uh, I think JoJo and Wilking and their, their celebratory can smashing in their heads, fist pumping into the heavens. I think that'll go a long way uh, uh, for, for having fun in the Cardinals bullpen. Over on YouTube, uh, with us keeping Newt and the rest of the young guys, does this allow Walker to stay in AAA for a little bit to really develop? Look, uh, I think Jordan Walker will get every chance to break with the big league club. 
I don't think necessarily like they could have traded Gorman and I don't think that would have affected Walker so much. You know, they, they could have traded Newt Bar and I don't think, or uh, uh, maybe not Newt Bar. They could have traded Burleson and I don't think that would have affected Walker's timeline much. I, you know, I think that he's kind of in a position now where he's the only one affecting his timeline. And, you know, as fans, we get so focused on his hitting and he's a good hitter. Uh, but, you know, there's still questions about his defense on the outfield and he has a full offseason to work on it. But the kid who was in double A, he just wasn't ready yet. You know, the kid in the AFL just wasn't ready yet. I think he can be ready by spring training. But, uh, you know, if we have questions about like Moises Gomez's defense and Alec Burleson's defense, if the front office has questions about that uh, and Jordan Walker doesn't look very much different than he did at the end of the year and he gets a real chance and those two don't, uh, that's malfeasance by the front office. It's it's preferential treatment. And that's bullshit. Uh, it happens that way sometimes. But look, he's just not there as of right now uh, yet. And uh, so, yeah, look, I think I think going back to AAA is good for him. Or going to AAA, not back to because he hasn't been there. Going to AAA is good for him. Uh, I, you know, I think it would do the Cardinals well to do it as well. Over on Twitter, Ryan Olson says, you you saying and remember reminding me of Brett Cecil just ruined my month. You're welcome. Uh, Ryan Olson, how are we feeling about Jonathan Mejia? Yeah, look, Jonathan Mejia is a really interesting middle infield prospect, infield prospect, but currently shortstop prospect uh, uh, in his teens for the St. Louis Cardinals. Hasn't made it to a, a full season level just yet, but uh, he, as a younger player in an older league, he was really impressive. I know the Cardinals think highly of him. I know the guys in the national circuit think highly of him. He's growing into his body. He has a good frame. He has some some power to go in his swing, a really quick swing with some power in it. Uh, look, in my mind, he's a top 10 prospect. I think by the end of the year, you're talking about a guy who could be a top five prospect in the Cardinals organization. Uh, he's the kind of guy that the Cardinals don't have a lot of, mostly because a lot of those guys aren't in the minor leagues. So, um, yeah, look, he's He's exciting. Remember, we always practice caution when it comes to these types of players. Uh, wait till they get into a full season affiliate before we really start gushing and loving on them. And that's really all that stops him from being rated just a little bit behind Joshua Baez, in my mind, and in, in what will be my rankings if I ever get to write them. Uh, over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson says, I didn't realize how good Contreras is against righties, and that makes me uh, feel even better about the move. I agree with you. Yeah, look... Uh, Cardinals are bad against righties, and sure, we all want them to get lefties so they can be better against righties, but if you get righties who can hit righties, then, hey, you're in a good spot. Uh, Snoop Duck says, Big Pimp Kyle. Hey, what's up? E-Bail says, Hi, Kyle. I love you. E-Bail, I love you, too. I'm going to take a drink of Montucky uh, just for you. Uh, Andrew C. Doran says, What trade targets are out there? That's a great question. You know, there's always been this talk about Shane Bieber. I don't think that he's out there. Uh, you know, a lot of times with the Cardinals, what do they do? They end up kind of getting somebody that you don't necessarily know that they're interested in or might be available. Uh, you hear rumblings about some of the Rays guys. You know, we've heard Tyler Glass now. I That would be fantastic. I don't know if the Rays would trade him just yet. I think next year was next offseason is probably the year they trade him. But maybe someone like Tyler Glass now, you know. Uh, my hope would be be somebody that we don't even know about. You know, we kind of make this assumption that just because a name is out in the public, uh, that it is, uh, it's it, like, those are the only available names. And, and I don't necessarily know if that's true. You know, I know a lot of people were pointing to some of Miami's uh, reliever or Miami starters, not named Sandy Alcantara. And I could see something like that. You know, uh, I don't necessarily have the, the highest thought of Pablo Lopez because of some of the injury concerns. Uh, and I don't necessarily know if that's the direction that the Cardinals would go in, but, uh, you know, maybe something like that, uh, 
you know, it's, I would say that there aren't many out there that we know of, but I think that uh, the Cardinals are really good at a lot of things. One of them being finding people that might not necessarily be out in the public eye uh, as trade targets. It's hilarious that Lester won his 200th game in St. Louis. I agree, Quinn. Uh, that was on YouTube over on Twitter. What is the, why is acting so down on Gorman after one year? Why is acting so down on Gorman after one year? You know, I don't think anyone is down on Gorman. I uh, remember my concerns with Gorman predate his major league debut. Uh, my concerns with Gorman go back to some of the things I wrote about, about him in the minor leagues and some of the things we used to talk about on pad all the time. You know, he has trouble adjusting to the fastball. We saw Annabelle Sanchez basically blow, not blow, because uh, uh, Gorman fouled off a bunch of pitches, but just kind of fed him 90 to 92 miles an hour fastballs over and over again, and he struck out on it after falling off some tough ones. And that's because he struggles. And then when he struggles against a high fastball, he he gets chase heavy. We saw that in 2019 before the 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 uh, uh, the pandemic shutdown of the 2020 minor league season. Didn't really see much of it uh, during 2021, and we definitely didn't see it at all in 2022 before he was major league ready. Before he made his major league debut, he was more than ready for that debut, and he just didn't adjust at the major league levels. He never really adjusted in the minor league. So uh, I think that. If I'm if I'm saying why if I'm guessing why people are down on him after that after this past season I would say it's that I would say there's defensive concerns I think people are overvaluing exactly how the ban of the infield shift uh, uh, the the lo side loaded infield shift is going to affect defense I think people are a little overblowing that uh, and I so I think between that some of the concerns about his defense at second the strikeout rate and uh, how owned he ended up being by fastballs specifically up in the zone and then how he uh, was then exploited by breaking pitches low in the zone because of how he was reacting to fastballs. I think that's the reason. At least that's always been the reason for me. And uh, it's something we've written about and talked about a lot. So uh, th that's my guess on why people might be down on Gorman. Uh, a. Bale says, thoughts on Joshua Baez. I am a big fan of Joshua Baez. I'm still not, you know, he doubled a wrist injury, kept him out quite a bit of last year. I was really impressed with what I saw out of him uh, last year. At Palm Beach, and the little bit I saw, he's definitely not a center fielder, definitely a corner uh, outfielder, and that's just fine. But look, that big power is there, and uh, it's really impressive. And since we don't have much of a sample with him, we have to wait and see a little bit more. But look, he's he's every bit worth that second-round pick that they spent on him and the money they gave him. Uh, he's, he's an incredible athlete, an incredibly talented baseball player, who if you really had to pick one player maybe who isn't getting talked about much in the Cardinals organization – uh, to to really take a huge step forward in 2023, Joshua Baez is is probably where the smart money is. All right, over on YouTube, and again, uh, this was asked um, about 15 minutes ago. Josh Huffin said, "Over under three seasons that Wilson is catcher before he moves to a DHish role." I'll say over. Uh, you know, I think the Cardinals would be smart. You know, even with Andrew Kissinger as a backup, or eventually ends up being Ivan Herrera. I think the Cardinals will be smart. I think they'll limit his workload. I think they'll be smart about that. I think they'll understand that he'll be at his best, you know, catching if he's healthy all year between 100 and 190 and 110 games, uh, DHing a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, Kisner or Herrera, depending on what year it is, ends up backing him up and getting plenty of opportunity to catch uh, and, and, you know, be a solid backup, uh, not a timeshare exactly. And I think that that'll help prolong the career of uh, Wilson Contreras. That's how I do it, at least. Uh, JT8 and a bunch of numbers says, what's Libertor's ceiling? I don't know, man. If you know if Matthew Libertor can continue to work on his fastballs, 
uh, make them viable pitches or just completely stop throwing them, maybe throw them 15% of the time combined, the two seam and the four seam, uh, uh, maybe 20% of the time and just see what happens with this curve and change and slider, then maybe maybe there is a back of the rotation arm there. Uh, if he can continue to keep his velocity, if he can, not continue, if he can revert to keeping his velocity throughout a start, then there's middle of the rotation options there, a potential there uh, uh, with a little retooling of his, of his fastballs. You know, uh, more than likely he could end up being a really fun bullpen piece. I, I think, again, if that allows him to reach his velocity, because velocity is so important to somebody of his caliber with the fastballs that he has. So it just depends on what steps forward and what lessons Matthew Libertor has taken from his first taste in the major leagues. Ionek, our good friend Derek, says, know anything yet about the minor league rule five pickups? Look, I don't know a lot. Uh, other than simple cardinal searches or uh, simple cardinal searches, simple Twitter searches, uh, I don't know a lot. I think, you know, that Jose Martinez, he's like the fifth Jose Martinez that the Cardinals have had. Um, uh, so, you know, that's interesting. Um, I think that, um, that Komar reminds me a little bit of Nabil Krismat. I think that, uh, uh, Ryan Shreve reminds me of Logan Gragg a little bit just for organizational comparison purposes. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Again, remember, just like Gifts keeps saying, go to YouTube. The, the experience is, uh, uh, way more enjoyable on YouTube than it is on Twitter. Uh, over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson says, obviously to speculation, but I'd love to know what Oakland was asking for Murphy. You know, you know, one of the most fascinating things about the Cardinals, uh, pursuit of Wilson Contreras and signing Wilson Contreras is now we can take a step back and we can watch how this whole catcher's market develops. There are a lot of really good baseball teams that are still looking for a catcher. And we're going to find out, I think pretty quickly, um, and maybe not necessarily what Murphy what the Murphy market is, but maybe what uh, some of the other catching market is and how that all pans out and how that all plays out. And I think then that's when it's going to start being fascinating. The, you know, the, the tough thing about Murphy, right, is that I think you could argue that the asking price is only going to go down maybe, uh, but the Cardinals had to be proactive, right? The, the, the A's are in a position where they don't have to trade them. They don't really have a reason to trade them other than that, other than they're bad. So they can hold on to their, their supremely high asks. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the time he's traded, his price has gone down a little bit, whether that be in a month or a day or uh, a six months or five months, whatever, uh, because of how the market develops. Right now they can ask for a ton because they can get a ton. I'm anxious to see when he goes and how he goes and who he goes for. But I'm with you. I'd love to know what the ask was. Sam Lambert says, Saw you not so confident in Hudson earlier today. Do you not expect some more improvement going into the second season removed from Tommy John? So my thought about Dakota Hudson is Dakota Hudson improving is a pitcher that relies heavily on luck to be successful, who still doesn't throw enough strikes. We talk about improvement, improvement, and we talk about recovering from Tommy John. And none of those things matter to me with Dakota Hudson because before Tommy John, he was a very lucky pitcher who stats and effectiveness was buoyed by defensive shifts and getting the ball on the ground. He's fine. He's a fine pitcher. The Cardinals need better than Dakota Hudson. Now as a six starter, maybe he's fine as a swing man. Maybe he's fine. Like you could do a lot worse than Dakota Hudson as a six starter. But if you're thinking to yourself, like this is a guy who could be your fifth or fourth starter, then I would like to see the Cardinals get better. You know, if, if he's going to be a fifth starter, then you want the top of the rotation to be better than it is, or 
you want somebody different than Dakota Hudson as your fifth starter. You know, I again, we sometimes we get caught up in ERA. Like, he doesn't throw strikes. And sure, the, the pitch clock, a lot of people think, is going to make him better. We'll see. It made him better in limited experience last year, but we'll see. You know, he's got mechanical issues he needs to work through. You know, hopefully, and we talked about this last week on Pat a little bit, hopefully Dakota Hudson, uh, you know, with Dusty Blake taking over from Mike Maddox, hopefully Dakota Hudson can really adopt that style and adopt some of the teachings that help for uh, for Jake Woodford and, uh, you know, apply that to how he throws because Woodford's slider is different now, and it's because of some of the things that the Cardinals organization and Dusty Blake pushed on him, and that made him a better more sustainable major league pitcher. Uh, for me, I like Woodford better than I like Hudson at this point. I think that if you're talking about six starters, I'd prefer that Hud- that uh, uh, Woodford is the sixth and Hudson isn't even mentioned. Uh, you know, Hudson's the kind of guy that an old school team would probably gobble up so you trade him to an old school thinking team. You know, we talk about it a lot, the Rangers, the Angels, the White Sox, you know, a lot of those potentially poorly run front offices. Over on Twitter, uh, Iwanek says, based on one of your tweets, you must be high on Logan Sawyer or at least his potential. Yeah, look, I, I like Logan Sawyer a lot. What I tweeted out to be specific is Wilking Rodriguez and Logan Sawyer. I could easily see both being bullpen contributors for the St. Louis Cardinals by the end of the season. I, I do. I think that. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be your seventh and eighth inning guy. That doesn't mean that they're going to take over for, uh, uh, you know, uh, Gallegos and Helsley. I think now I do think Wilking can very easily fill the Luis Garcia role. I think that's what the Cardinals missed, and I could see him being that again. He's not a ground ball pitcher exactly, uh, but he throws a lot of strikes and he strikes some guys out. Strikeout numbers will go down once he gets to the major leagues, of course, and won't be what it was in the Mexican League. Uh, but I think he can fill that similar role. So a guy at the back end of the bullpen, I think he's capable of that, and I think the Cardinals will get that out of him. Um, you know, I, I think that Logan Sawyer is still a little bit of an unknown. I know from talking to people that this was something potentially more than just a guy to backfill. This isn't Zach McAllister signing last year. You know, this isn't Aaron Brooks. Uh, This, you know, potentially isn't even Drew Berhagen. This is a a reliever-specific righty with big stuff that, you know, again, somebody who I would rank higher than Ryan Loudis if I was putting because the fastball is more than what Loudis is. You know, I think about him kind of like that, you know. Uh, you know, maybe not Mitch Harris, but something like that, you know, just like uh, we talk about Guillermo Zuniga, like to me, that's kind of an, a roster replacement for Junior Fernandez. That's a guy who's probably going to help the Cardinals throughout the year, but I don't think it's going to be a, like a huge help. He could end up being more, but he's going to have to work on command. And he does this whole thing with his head when he pitches that has me think that his command isn't going to get any better. Uh, but the Cardinals, maybe they can key in on something, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, like I, I just think Logan Sawyer, is kind of in a way, uh, even though their repertoire is different. Like I think I could see him filling a John Brevia type role. Like that—that's kind of what I could potentially see. And again, I, I know it's parallels to draw that probably aren't fair. And you know, again, velocity is different, arm angles different, stuff is different. But just from like a context of role purpose, that—that's kind of what I see out of those two um, potentially. Again, if everything goes right. Over on YouTube, Kendall Adkins says. Which current Cardinal has the largest pork sword? Uh, you know, we know Tyler O'Neill has a huge dick. We know, uh, you know, I bet Lars Newfar's got a huge dick. You know, I'm kind of an obnoxious person and I have a small dick and I always worry that those obnoxious guys or the energetic guys have small dicks because I have a lot of energy and I have a small dick. 
you know, you're projecting. Um, but yeah, you know, we know Tyler O'Neill's got a huge hog. I bet Wilson Contreras has got a huge hog. Look, if you're willing to get into Mia Khalifa's DMs, you got to have at least something to show for it. Uh, and not just, maybe it is ego. Maybe that's enough. But my guess is that uh, Wilson Contreras now probably has one of the biggest dicks. We know Paul Goldschmidt has a huge dick. Uh, Arenado, he has a huge dick or pork sword, if that's what you would prefer. Uh, I prefer dick. Uh, go ahead and cut that one off, Graham. Uh, Nico over on YouTube. Again, this was about 22 minutes ago. Sorry about taking so long to get to the questions on YouTube. What do you think the fate of Herrera is now? You know, everybody's so focused in on, like, what does this mean for Herrera? What does this mean for Juan Yepes? Like, what do I think it means for Herrera? I don't think it changes anything for Herrera. You know, he's still only 22. He still has plenty of time to develop at AAA. You know, depending on what happens with Kisner, this still puts him in a position to catch a bunch of games for the St. Louis Cardinals. Look, Wilson Contreras and Andrew Kisner aren't going to make it through the season healthy. Catchers just don't make it through the season healthy. Avon Herrera, Herrera will be in a position where he'll get to catch at the major leagues this coming this coming season, whether it be for the Cardinals or somebody else. Same thing with Andrew Kisner. They're going to get time to catch, and they're going to be careful with Wilson Contreras' workload. It's not going to be 140 games. And if they do, they're fucking stupid for it. They shouldn't uh, maybe play 140 games. DH, 20 to 30 to 40 games a year. But, yeah, look, the – this doesn't change Herrera's fate. It just means he's not going to be the starting catcher for the foreseeable future. You know, think about it this way. Like, with the DH in place, what's to say that you don't see a situation in which Andrew Kisner and uh, Wilson Contreras end up being a really formidable, the second-half version of Andrew Kisner, end up being a really solid uh, catching tandem? You know, what's to say that if Kisner can't handle it, that next year it's not a – 50 Avon Herrera, 110 uh, Wilson Contreras split, and then, you know, 70, 90, and then flips on its head in a couple years with Wilson Contreras getting a lot of DH at bats and maybe some time at first. You know, like, I don't think it necessarily means anything. It does make it more expendable in a trade, in my opinion, uh, depending on what's out there in the market. That's the only way it really changes. On YouTube, Zach Bathan says, glad to be here about 10 minutes behind. Loving the lights behind you. Yeah, those are my purple lights. Uh, love the purple lights. They're up all year, as is the Christmas tree, uh, because we don't believe in Christmas. No, I, Christmas is obviously a real thing. Uh, this Whatever is around it isn't. Fuzzle Light says, I think Lazardo could be an arm we look at from Miami instead of Lopez if we look there at all. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, Fuzzle Light. Do you, Fuzzle Light? Mostly because I need a drink, but also because you've been a great pad person for all of these years. Uh, we raise our, our Belgian uh, blonde ale to you. Uh, Jack Callahan over on YouTube says Samuel Lambert, Dakota going from trash to slightly less trash still makes him trash. Yeah, I think trash is an oversimplification. I do think that there's a chance that if Dakota Hudson could file into a bullpen role, then you would just have a higher, a higher upside, higher octane version of Seth Manis. And I think that that would Matt Bowman. And I think that would play really well, especially for the Cardinals bullpen, the way it's built. You know, I think it would see, his fastball or his strikeout rate go up a little bit. I think you'd be able to use him as a, a viable double play option to a spell a starter in the fifth or sixth inning if a starter's in trouble. Uh, like, I think that that's his most valuable role. And I think the Cardinals are delaying the inevitable and also handicapping their chances to have a batter staff. And they're using Dakota Hudson as that reason, not realizing it, instead just giving him faith and showing loyalty because it's a smart thing to do as a manager, uh, even if it doesn't pan out. Uh, M. Leach says, can't figure out how to send messages on YouTube, so I'm jumping to Twitter Live. That's perfectly fine. Send them in here. We're still going to answer both on Twitter Live and on YouTube Live. 
How close is Graceffa to the majors? Look, I think from a bullpen role, Graceffa isn't that far out. Look, uh, he, he there were some pitch tipping issues at the end of the year last year once he made it to double A. Double A hitters kind of started jumping on him a little bit. That's something you need to change. Obviously, he's not going to have success at the majors with that, but he definitely kind of tired out uh, as the season progressed. Got a little break. When he came back from the break, his octane was back, and it was beautiful. Uh, but, look, I, I think that there's an argument to be made that Gordon Graceffo is bullpen major league ready now, uh, again, with a little bit of tweaking like we've talked. And we don't want that, right? We want the Cardinals to bring in other bullpen options and give Gordon Graceffo a real chance to be a starter in a year. You know, let him spend all year uh, maybe at AAA, maybe starting at AA. Let him spend all year as a AAA starter and see where it comes from there, evaluate from there. You know, people forget about his funky windup, but I don't think that that matters at all. You know, I think he's close. And I think he's a unique talent that the Cardinals don't really have from a starting perspective in their organization, aside from Tim Kent's. Uh, I, I think he's potentially in Connor Jerpy or Cooper Jerpy. Like I, I forget about Jerpy because in my mind, he's already a major leaguer. It's this, this whole thing that I was reckoning with earlier in the week. Uh, like I do this with Jerpy. I always forget about him because like in my mind, he's already a part of the staff and a part of the rotation. And like, because he's such a professional, like, Jerpy and Graceffo and Hentz are on a level all of their own. You know, don't let people tell you McGreevy is. He's not there yet. You know, uh, again, McGreevy's more like Libertor than he is something else, you know. Uh, that's not to bash McGreevy. That's still a great first-round draft pick, even if he ends up being Dakota Hudson. Dakota Hudson, whether fans want to admit it or not, is a great first-round draft pick. Like, uh, uh, that's just how this thing works because the draft is such a fickle mis- a fickle bitch is what it is. Uh, uh, so, yeah, look um, – that, that like that's what I think about Gordon Graceffo. I think from a bullpen standpoint, he's every bit knocking on the door. And from a starter standpoint, which he should get the chance to be, uh, I think he still has a little bit of work to do maybe a year away. Jay David, other than Walker, who is the most projectable bat? Yeah, I think – look, I think Moises Gomez is incredibly projectable. I think you can project him to strike out 35% of the time, hit 27 home runs and 500 at-bats. I think you can look at what uh, a, a Jag, Adolis Garcia, has done for Texas and say, well, that's pretty projectable. When you hit the ball as hard as he does, and when you swing and miss as often as he does, like, sure, it's not it's not necessarily projectable as, like, an all-star level, but it's a damaged bat. Like, uh, uh, that, I think he projects that way. You know, as far as, like, who has the most projectable bat with sustainable major league qualities that hasn't already made a major league debut, you know, subtracting Alec Burleson and um, – uh, Juan Yepes out of like this conversation. Um, you know, I, I I think I think Mason Wynn, Wynn is kind of who he is. I think he's a 260, 330, 330, 340 hitter with, you know, potential for 30 doubles and 10 to 15 home runs. I, I think he's that, you know. Um, I think I think Mike Antico in a weird way is kind of who he is. He doesn't have the power, like the power sustainability isn't there. He's not that's his swing is too flawed to hit for the power that he's hit for, but, uh, you know, something like that. I, I think, I think he's pretty projectable, you know, to be again, something similar to what we're talking about with, with Mason Wynn, but with, you know, 10 home runs, be a really solid fourth outfielder for a really good team. Uh, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where my mind is. You know, I think, I think we're still kind of far away from Jimmy Crooks and, uh, 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 uh Leo Bernal, like we're just, uh, uh, I think we're we're just a little away from that. I, I like that's where my mind goes when we start talking about that. Uh, I'm gonna get to YouTube in a second. I, I'd like to. Uh, you were last out of the shower in gym class too. You no, know, I look again. I was scared of the shower at gym class. Like 
there were actual dicks in there and I didn't really have one and I didn't want to be a part of it. So I didn't even go in there. I just like licked myself clean in the sink like a cat. Drew Maurizio said, uh, what is the likelihood that I can't trade DeYoung for Alcantara, that we can trade DeYoung for Alcantara straight up? We'll even throw in Hudson. Uh, to an alternate universe where Paul DeYoung and um, Dakota Hudson are traded for Sandy Alcantara. All right, we're going to get through YouTube again. This this tweet came from 722. That was a half an hour ago. I'm sorry about that. Aaron Johnson says, Contreras over Murphy, the winner is Yvonne Herrera. I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think you're right. And I think you could probably even say that for Andrew Kisner. Gifts says, concussion up, a concussion episode up there, though. Whole chat telling you to go to the hospital, uh, including my girlfriend, who still brings it up quite a bit. Quinn says, thoughts on the Giants signing Arson Judge. But do you think uh, do you think we'll sign uh, Larceny Bogarts? Yeah. What else did he say? He said uh, Coke Camels today too, which was another all time great that under any other circumstance would have gotten a ton of attention, but because he had tweeted about Arson Judge just I mean mere days ago, uh, everybody's like, oh yeah, Coke Camels, he can have that one. Uh, so the Contreras from Cardinals fan zero two one three. So the Contreras signing means what for Ivan Herrera? Trade piece or a backup in years or so? Yeah, I think both. Like, I think it could go either way for him. Uh, I think more than likely the Cardinals would be smart to hold on to him, wait to see how Pedro Pajes progresses, what kind of steps forward, you know, uh, Jimmy Crooks and Leo, Leo Bernal, pardon me, uh, progress. Remember, there's a couple guys in the middle there, you know, uh, Nick Raposo, uh, Aaron Antonini in particular, some catchers to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, that, that also have some talent and some interesting skills. Um, but yeah, look, I think he could, it could go either way. I think right now he's a St. Louis Cardinal and he fits into the Cardinals future. But I think what Wilson Contreras does is he allows them uh, to pivot a little bit if an opportunity presents itself where they might not otherwise have been comfortable doing in the past. My brother Jim says, what impact for the big league club does Buttleson have in 23? Uh, yo, Kobe, tell me what my... Tell me what my ass tastes like. Tell me what my what. Uh, anyways, no, Jim. Uh, by the way, I hope your kids are well. I don't particularly care about you, but your kids, I am very. Uh, I care. No, um, uh, Jim. I I think that's still up in the air, right? The Cardinals are still talking about bringing in a left-handed bat. I think that the position that the left-handed bat is will play into that. You know, ideally, and something that I've advocated for here on Pad and online and all that stuff is, unless you get somebody on a deal, and it doesn't really seem like you're going to get anybody on a deal. Give those at-bats to Burleson. Give those left-handed at-bats to Burleson. Look, the NL Central shit, and that affords you the opportunity to see what, what Burleson is. And I would rather see what Burleson is than what Gorman is if you have to choose those two, unless obviously they get spring and Burleson is just outclassed by Gorman and then whatever. But, yeah, like I think that the Cardinals would do themselves well if everything enters the same. By the way, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes t-shirt, boom, got to support the Springfield, Illinois Lucky Horseshoes. Um, um uh, anyway, and, and, uh, and Moises Gomez, as uh, Pete Wilhelm said something about Gomez, like, I want to see what those guys have. Uh, and I'm sure that's frustrating for the Cardinals. And hopefully this Wilson Contreras signing buys them a little bit of time. But, like, I, I think they're in a position, a unique position, in part because of how they're built and in part because of the talent that they have at, at the high levels of, of, you know, of the minors and in part because of how shitty the NL Central is that they owe it to themselves to see what Moises or Juan or – uh, Nolan or Alec have, you know, sure. Bring in insurance to spring training. If you can, maybe you can find a couple guys on a minor league deal just to have it and, uh, and, and take it from there. That's 
That's what I would do. But again, I'm also in the minority, and I would enter the season with the starting outfield of Carlson, Newtbar, and O'Neill, and just get ready to adjust in season. I think that 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 would do well for the Cardinals. See what you have. See what those guys are like healthy, and move from there. That my just my thoughts. Uh, Peter Wilhelm over on YouTube. Uh, again, this is about a half an hour ago. I'm sorry about that. Where does Gomez fit in on the team? Surprise, Mo gave the green light with that strikeout rate. Crazy power, though. Yeah, look, I think uh, Moises Gomez is the ultimate wild card for the Cardinals, right? Like, uh, there aren't a lot of guys who hit the ball as hard as he hits the ball and as consistently as he does. And that's kind of special. That's kind of unique. You know, sure, he swings and misses a lot, and he strikes out a lot. You know, we, we talk about strikeout rate. The swing and miss rate's the concern. Strikeout rate's whatever, really. But he swings and misses a lot, and sometimes he doesn't have an idea what he's doing up at the plate. But how does he fit in as an incredible, an incredibly cheap wild card that any team would be happy to have in, like, a Rule 5 situation or a minor league free agent situation uh, that just might come up and be Adolis Garcia at the plate or might not end up – or might be Adolis Garcia as a Cardinal at the plate. You know, it uh, could be one or the other, but look, he's a wild card. How does he fit in? He's going to have an opportunity to have at-bats from the right-hand side and maybe even uh, go up against Juan Yepes for some of those right-handed at-bats, whether I agree with it or not. And uh, if he seizes that, he could end up being a really valuable power option for the Cardinals, um, more so from a raw power standpoint than any player on the Cardinals roster, Nolan Gorman's included, I would think. Over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson says, as a prospect guy, does it make you happy that we held on to Gorman or whoever instead of trading them? Without knowing exactly what the trade for Murphy would have been, I can't say. You know, I, I tweeted about it earlier, but, like, people get so freaked out about Cardinal trades in retrospect, like, with hindsight. And I'm just not one of those people. Like, let me – let's judge it in the moment. And, uh, uh, sure, like, you might end up getting fleeced by uh, the, 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 the A's for Sean Murphy. But you know what? I'll take that 100 times. I, 100 out of 100 times. Who cares? Like, you can't be afraid to make these moves because of what a player might be. You know, especially when you're talking about somebody like Nolan Gorman, who is a streaky power hitter, who could be the best left-handed power hitter in baseball, but could also be a 35 strikeout guy who ends up being like Mikel Franco, uh, but left-handed. Like, there's that that potential there. Like, uh, nothing against him. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle, you know. People say Dan Ugla. People don't realize how hard it is to be Dan Ugla. They don't grow Dan Ugla on trees. They don't even, like, cultivate them in a fucking plant somewhere. Uh, so, like, I, 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 as far as trading Gorman for someone like Murphy, I didn't have a problem with that. You know, Murphy's proven when he's healthy. Now, who would it have been, you know, if it would have been a situation like Soto where they're asking for Walker and Gorman and Carlson and Wynn and Graceffo and whoever the hell, then, yeah, look, I, I'm glad that they held on to who they held on to instead of, going that way. Thomas Reese says, what was the request for Oakland and the catcher? I can't say. I don't know. Uh, framing won't matter once the robots arrive. Yeah, but we don't know when the robots are going to arrive. And it always kind of bums me that people kind of default to that uh, when it comes to framing. But look, to me, and this is something talking to baseball people more and more, it sounds like framing has just as much to do with how you work an umpire as it does with the actual mechanics of framing. And that's a shame. Uh, and it also goes to show you how, you know, fallible uh, the the catching uh, the the umpire situation is in the strike zone is, um, you know that's I think there's an argument to be made that Yachty wasn't necessarily the greatest the the the, the greatest framer. What Yachty was was better at the, a lot of people at a uh, uh, working umpires and having a reputation 
And sometimes that's enough to carry you. And again, that's not to dis- if anything, that's the skill. That's one of the things that you can't quantify with yet with Yachty. That makes him so much better and so much more impressive than a lot of catchers of his time. Over on YouTube, Jordan Hilton says, Yepes Gorman at DH this year. Yeah, look, I think that they're going to get a chance to get those at-bats. I think the Cardinals would do well to have some type of, again, depending on what they bring in, because I still think they're going to bring in a left-handed bat, depending on what they bring in. I think you're talking about a, a, a competition in spring training between Gorman and Burleson, Yepes and Gomez, for those at-bats specifically. Um, uh, you know, but we'll see. Like, I think you could, again, I think you could make an argument that Alec Burleson's more valuable to the Cardinals at this very moment in that role than Gorman is. Uh, again, a lot of that depends on what the Cardinals can get in the middle infield to protect Edmund and Donovan specifically, because, uh, you know, obviously DeYoung is in it. They need something a little bit more. I just think Alec Burleson's going to play a huge role in the outfield, and that's why I think you could make that argument. And also, you know, Burleson's strikeout rate, the way he makes contact, how he can hit lefties, even though the Cardinals were stupid and didn't give him bats against lefties down the, bre- down, the, down the stretch. Again, look, I, I, I don't like being overly critical with the Cardinals if I don't have to be. But their own self-evaluation of Alec Burleson is going to get them in trouble because whoever's telling him, the Cardinals, that they shouldn't use him in matchups and that he can't play the outfield, and whoever's buying that is fucking stupid because it's not true. It's just not fucking true. At least it wasn't in AAA last year. Um, So hopefully they can amend that and adjust to that and uh, capitalize off of it. Over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson says, uh, would be interesting to see the trade from a high-K pitcher now with their depth. Yeah, I'd like – as long as they keep – bringing in guys who can strike out, I'm with you. And again, we know that the the high K is something that teams are starting to adjust to a little bit more now that there are concerns about what uh, the the heavy-sided infield shift ban is going to do. Cardinals Gift says, take a drink. I'm going to take a drink of water. And then I'm going to take a drink of my Montucky, a beautiful cold snack to you, Gifts. Sweet Jones says, no trust in Hennessy's rebounding. No, no. He was fucking terrible at Memphis when they sent him down. And, and you know, it's not like he's ever been a high strikeout pitcher. Um, I I like Hennessy's. I'm not down on him. I don't have huge belief that he's going to rebound. But I also think he's going to end up being in the major leagues. And I think he's going to help the Cardinals in 2023. I just don't think he's as good as Thompson or JoJo. Our good friend, uh, Stu Stiles, who will hopefully get paid uh, to keep that world's best scorecard of his says, do you think the Cardinals will find themselves active in the trade market? The Alvarez rule five edition, the Contreras signing add a lot of catching depth. Yeah. Look, the Cardinals do have catching depth and that could, that extends beyond Avon Herrera. We just talked about it a couple minutes ago. You know, Pedro Pajes, Nick Raposo, Aaron Antonini, uh, Jimmy Crooks, Leonardo Bernal, like they have catching depth. So yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely like to, um, I would definitely like to see the Cardinals be involved in the trade market and be uh, opportunistic, right? So we know for a fact that the next word we're going to hear from the Cardinals a lot is opportunistic. They're going to be opportunistic, and they should be. You know, I still think they need more. We all, I mean, I, we know they need more pitching, whether that be bullpen or starter. I think most of us would say they need starting. I think you can argue that they need another bat. I think that the argument, even though I don't agree with it, uh, for another outfielder is more than valid. But uh, I, I do think that they should be open and opportunistic with both the trade and free agent market. STL Sports Central says, did you get an anonymous text from an inside source about Contreras? Uh, no, sorry, I didn't get the Easton Leonard treatment. But, you know, again, like, I'm not going to get into it. I, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Criff, uh, do you think there's any correlation between going from Contreras, who's likely not a full-time catcher, and having faith in Herrera, 
or do you think it's more not wanting to give up prospects for Murphy? I don't think that they were worried about giving up prospects for Murphy. I think that they were worried about how many of the prospects and young players they would have to give up to get Murphy and the quality of those players. I also don't think that Herrera really goes in to the whole Contreras thing exactly. You know, we as fans start doing roster construction and projecting for the future, and the Cardinals are doing that too. But the Cardinals, in their minds, and what should be in our minds, just signed the best available free agent catcher who has been one of the five best catchers in baseball for a, a, a period of time. The, the Contreras signing is simply about getting better at a position with one of the uh, um, recent history's best catchers, both offensively, uh, you know, specifically offensively, but also with a lean towards D. Uh, with the concerns, of course, but still not a not a handicapped, uh, you know, catcher. Granted, he only caught, you know, less than 80 games last year. And uh, there's injury concerns there with him, too. Hopefully he's fully healthy. Um, but, yeah, look, the, the Contreras thing is just about getting better and spending money and, you know, partially showing the fans that they're willing to do it to get better. Uh, over on YouTube, Jake Fouts says, did I miss a Leonardo Bernal segment? Yeah, we look, we've talked about Bernal a lot. Uh, Sam Lode says, uh, where can I order that shirt? You can get it from uh, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. Uh, hey, Kareem. Kareem says, sup, Kyle? Hello, Kareem. How are you, bud? Look, again, I want to tell people. Um, now, Kareem, Cardinals Reeks, our good friend Blake Newberry, uh, the other fellow whose name is Sugar or something like that. They are worth the follow. Uh, they're, they're awesome people who have an understanding of the, the advanced metrics in a very terrific way. And they also have the access to the data that I don't have. I have to beg, borrow, and deal, and it's available to them. So follow Kareem on Twitter. Follow uh, Cardinals Reeks on Twitter. And the other person whose name I can't remember, who's Suga, uh, follow them on Twitter. They're going to give you stuff that I can't give you, unfortunately. You know, whenever people that I, I talk with give me data, it's always like instead of it being 2300, 2351 RPMs, it's, you know, between 22 and 2500. And no one will give me the data uh, because either, A, they don't want that data to leak out. They don't want people to know they have the data or uh, what I've actually had admitted to me is that they don't like me having the data because they know I'll give the information out for free and because uh, I'm viewed as a competitor for some people. Uh, and that kind of sucks because I can do a lot with that data. And when I get it, it gives me more, more perspective. And it also kind of stops me from writing about prospects too because I don't feel like I can give a full, um, as I sit in the confessional here and, uh, and uh, with a shrink and give my, um, give, uh, give my heartfelt thoughts, I don't feel like I can give a full, honest, a rundown or evaluation of a player without the, the advanced metrics. But Kareem can, and Kareem's awesome. So to Kareem, I raise my glass of this bourbon barrel-aged albino white stout from Horny Goat Bruco. Real fast, before we go back to YouTube, uh, over on Twitter, Clayton says, any Rule 5 with play-by-play -play announcer experience? Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Jim Reese says, word. Kids doing great. Love you. Love you and the kids too, bud. Jay David says, save the dry powder and head into the season. There will be moves at the deadline. Yeah, between now and the deadline for sure. Iowa X says, if something happened to Arenado injury-wise, would you use Walker at third or go with someone else? Again, it's all about timing. You know, I'd be more than likely to go with Gorman at third. I think Gorman was at a better defensive third baseman than Walker was. You know, no disparaging uh, what Walker did, but yeah, like I think I'd go with Gorman there. Honestly, I think I'd go with Brendan Donovan. Look, the stats prove that Brendan Donovan was a really great defensive third baseman. And uh, I, honestly, I think that would make more sense than anything if, if 
if Arenado went down. And I think that's probably what the Cardinals would do too. As the roster is currently constructed, you never know how things are going to go. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg says, hey, I like this better than Twitter. Right? The, the YouTube thing is way better than Twitter. Quinn over on YouTube says, trade Steven Matz for Jose Quintana. That would be a fun thing. Uh, Kareem says, just want to say uh, Wilking, Rodriguez, and Guillermo Zuniga are both beautiful specimens just like you. No, no, Kareem, you are my friend. Yeah, look, again, I think Zuniga is more – and, again, they're not the same. The, obviously, Zuniga's stuff measures out better than Junior Fernandez does. But I think from like a roster construction point, in my mind, like the way I have them, just to kind of like give Cardinal fans an idea of like where they fit in. To me, Wilking is a little bit like uh, a Luis Garcia was. You know, again, Garcia was a two-seamer. Uh, 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 Wilking is a four-seamer. It's different stuff, but like that's the kind of role they're going to have. I think Zuniga is more of a depth guy uh, like Junior, but again, a specimen uh, uh, with, with measurable stuff that gets swing and miss. And just a, honestly, a great forty-man addition. Aaron Johnson says it doesn't hurt from the for them to carry uh, this depth into the season and be aggressive with in-season trades. Yeah, I agree. Again, be advantageous, be opportunistic, and then pivot from there. Nick Wisner says Montucky Coltsnack massively underrated. Cheers to you on Nick Wisner. I agree. I love the Coltsnack. It's my favorite consistent light beer. Or not light beer, but you know, domestic lager, domestic Coltsnack. Ah, Jack Callahan says, I remember watching Odorizzi throw eight straight 90 to 93 mile on fastballs to Gorman and won at bat and he struck out. I wanted to rip my hair out. Yeah, look, again, keep in mind that's still a 22-year-old. That's still a kid who was kind of rushed through the system a little bit because in part to 2020, he's going to get better. He's going to get more consistent. He's going to show off that power when given an opportunity. It's just a matter of how streaky he's going to be because I, I he's always been streaky and I always view him as a streaky hitter. And how he maintains the low parts and what the low parts look like between streaks. Uh, that's a valuable hitter, even if he doesn't reach his potential one way or the other, no doubt about it. And I don't mean to say anything else. Um, yes, I don't mean to say anything else. And I hope it doesn't come across as that I'm saying I'm being overly critical of him because I don't mean to be. Over on Twitter, Derek says, if something happened to Arenado, oh, we already went over that. Uh, speak a little on Contreras and the energy he brings for good or bad from Jay Mulvey. Yeah, look, everybody says that he's a competitor. We've seen some of the videos and gifts of Contreras, you know, getting really pumped up, you know, having a little bit of that Yadier Molina energy when Molina was a little bit younger. Like he's got that fire and, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what that means for the Cardinals. You know, I'm excited about continuing that type of energy behind the plate for the Cardinals. But, you know, other than that, I don't watch the Cubs on a day in and day basis. So I can't say what it's like on a may 29th game against the pirates in pittsburgh you know uh, so you know i i can't really get into that obviously as uh the ali marmol commented to the press last night they believe in his fire and that's you get the impression this isn't a report uh this isn't a fact but you get your impression you get the impression that part of that fire is what interests the cardinals in bringing him that competitive spirit uh cream says leonardo bernal top 10 prospect in the system I don't disagree with you. I don't. Again, I hedge my bets here, and I say top 15. But, yeah, look, I, I, it'd be hard for me to argue, especially with the way that I value the catcher position, uh, understanding how hard it is to be. Aaron Johnson says, if you had to forecast Gorman season next year, what would it be? I think it'd be a lot like this year, you know. Uh, uh, here, I'm going to pull up. You know, you guys know I never do this, but Nolan Gorman stats because I don't know him off the top of my head uh, and hope for the best. You know, I think you're talking about – uh, again, maybe not, maybe not a full season at the majors, 
probably needing some time in the minors, which people think is a scathing, uh, 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 you know, review or something. But like, yeah, I could see him. He was 226, 300, 420. I could see him being 240, 310, you know, 440 with 18 home runs. And hold on, let me move this real fast. And 450 plate appearances. Yeah, yeah, you're good for a 110 WRC plus and uh, specifically good matchups. Yeah, like that. I could definitely see that. I think that, that would become, I think that that would be very acceptable uh, when given those at bats. Jack JAC STL Jace card should start total cologne. Big sexy will take us to the World Series. I'm gonna raise my uh, all the. Advent calendar Belgian Blondale to you. Again, anything that gets Bartolo Cologne is going to get me to cheers to you. Anything involving Bartolo Cologne. Back over on YouTube, Aaron Johnson keeps bringing it strong. He said, I wouldn't mind them trading for a high K bullpen piece like Liam Hendricks. Yeah, you know, I do worry about the, the amount of innings and the taxing that's happened to Liam Hendricks at this point. Uh, Liam Hendrick at this point. But um, I, I think that that would be an avenue that I would go in. I would love to have Liam Hendrick. Again, it's all about the cost. It, it's all about the cost. Uh, you know, again, if they're asking for Gorman and they're asking for Wynn, and then no, I don't want Liam Hendrick. But yeah, I, I would like to see the Cardinals go in that direction. I'd like to see them be aggressive about pursuing that type of pitcher if he's available uh, and not going too far out of their comfort zone. Waiterate says, what level do you think Victor Scott the second starts at in 2023? Now, a little background for those of you who don't know, Victor Scott the second is a, a ballsy, Exciting athletic center fielder that the Cardinals drafted in the fifth round out of West Virginia. Uh, big speed, quick bat with more power potential. If you're, if you're looking for a guy who's going to uh, uh, benefit from having Russ Steinhorn, working with Russ Steinhorn and in the organization, I think Victor Scott is that guy. I think Victor, Victor Scott could be uh, in the same position that Mike Antico is in this year, uh, uh, entering next year. That's where I think. Where's he going to start? I think it's safe to say that he'll probably start at Peoria, high A with the chance to be at Springfield by the end of the year with good results. You know, Mike Antico got off to a really terrible start for Springfield last year. I could see that happening with Victor Scott as he works out some of the kinks, the actual in-game usage of a retooled swing. Uh, but, yeah, I think Peoria, and then I think he finds his way to Springfield because I think he's that talented by the end of the year. Snoop Dogg says, there can only be one big sexy, and that's the organ. It's Kyle. Yeah, I wish I was part of the org. Actually, I don't because, Jesus Christ, what a disaster that would be for the poor St. Louis Cardinals. Dan Gokey over on YouTube says, if we get another starter for a long deal, thoughts on trying to get Luisa Reyes from the Twins? I hear he's available for pitching. Could be impressive. DH, yeah, oh, 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 again, I'm butchering his name because I'm a fucking dickhead. But Luis, Luis, oh my God, Zach Gifford. Luis Arez uh, is a really talented hitter. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if you could get Dakota Hudson for that. That would be amazing. But yeah, that's definitely a direction I would look in. That's a bat that really impresses me. He's he's probably one of the more underrated players for the Twins. I do wonder, though, you know, with the Twins supposedly aggressive in uh, the free agent market, specifically with Carlos Correa bringing Correa back, I do wonder if that would be a smart move for them to make. Doesn't mean they won't. Zach Gifford says, happy Wilson Contreras D. Zach, I love you. I miss you. Twitter misses you. Cardinals Twitter misses you. Birds on the Black misses you. Does Zach Gifford... You are the best, my friend. I love you. Thank you for being in here. Sorry that we're getting to your comment like 40 minutes later. God, I'm the worst. Uh, let's see. Aaron Johnson says, the point that you keep making about San Diego possibly getting bullpen into Cardinals kept him is really smart. Uh, it's That's kind of what happened with Jordan Hicks and also Junior Fernandez. Don't forget about that. 
I do wish I would have given him another chance. Yeah, me too. Seth Conrad, do we know yet if Contreras' contract has any opt-outs? It does not have any opt-outs. Aaron Johnson says, would Padbirds on the Black consider starting a Discord server? I'd love it if there was a place for the Pad community to chat week to week. I don't know what any of that is. Uh, somebody, if somebody wants to do it, I'll be a part of it. But look, I don't understand Discord or anything. Doug, uh, Snoop Dogg says, LOL, stop. I can't imagine what that's to. Uh, my, uh, my de facto uh, cousin-in-law, uh, uh, Nick Danaberger, says, just turn this thing on. And the first words I hear is pork sword. Uh, yeah. Look, you came in at any point. By the way, that puts it in context how far behind I am. Jesus. Any shot we see Pacheco in the majors? Look, the Cardinals absolutely should put Freddie Pacheco in a position to be at the major league level in 2023. We talked about it a little last year, but the big variety with the slider fastball combo that tunnels out well off of each other uh, deserves a real shot to be at the major league level uh, coming out of spring in 2023, but definitely at some point during the 2023 season. Yeah, look, we're we're big Freddie Pacheco fans here at Prospects After Dark. On YouTube, Sarah R., Cardinals Cookie. Hey, uh, I'm late, but I am finally catching Pad Live. Hello, Sarah R., Cardinals Cookie. Again, we're about 20, 40 minutes behind. 24. We are 40 minutes behind. I'm sorry that I'm just getting to your your uh, your thingy, to your comment. Uh, but to uh, you, I'm going to raise my cold snack. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Way to catch it live. <clears throat> Over on YouTube, Stephen Verlot says, who, will, who are we going to see first as starter injury happen? Uh, uh, so if a, what he's asking is if some one of the starting five get hurt, who are we going to see first? Is it going to be Libby, Connor Thomas, or Jake Woodford? My guess is it's Dakota Hudson. Uh, if you want to get on you, even though I don't agree with it, my guess is after that it'd be Matthew Libertor. My guess is after that it would probably be Connor Thomas. It still feels like Jake Woodford's going to be in that swing role again. That's not the order that I would do it, that's me guessing what the Cardinals would do. Uh, taking a little break from YouTube, and this is stupid because I'm 40 minutes behind over there. Uh, let's see over on uh, Twitter. We have is new bar, just a guy, or is he a dude? I think he's somewhere in between. Remember his, uh, predictive stats tell us he's probably more of a dude than just a guy. We'll see how the league adjusts to him. He had kind of a rough September, relatively speaking. And I think that that was a league adjusting to him, but I'm also the kind of person who realizes just how rare a league average hitter is. And he's going to be at least league average. So uh, I would say that he's a little bit more than a guy. Maybe not certainly a quote-unquote dude, but he has the potential to be a dude consistently more so than he has to just be a guy. Clayton over says over on Twitter says, please emphasize again how shitty the Central will be and any weight to decisions now made by that. I do think that if they don't like – I think not addressing maybe the starting staff or not getting more aggressive with maybe some of the outfield, I think that tells you that the Cardinals know that they have a little bit of leeway because of the Central – but uh, look, the Cardinals operate how the Cardinals operate. And it doesn't seem like it matters if players want something or if the other teams are going after anything. Look, the, the Cardinals follow the model and they stick with it. And there really isn't a whole lot of sway one way or the other. Uh, let's see. Okay, so back uh, <laughs> uh, back over. Sorry, I saw Stu's comment earlier. Uh, I'm just going to get to that first. Stu says, Moose bets. I like that. I'm sure I fucked up saying something. Aaron Johnson says, could you do post-Cardinals prospect comps for Graceffo, Henson, Jerpy? Uh, no, I can't. I fucking hate comping. Let me tell you, like, the only person that Hence really reminds me of, and it's actually probably veiled racism uh, and also um, projecting based on body type, uh, is Tristan McKenzie. I think if you want to be lazy, you can go Tristan McKenzie. 
I don't think Cooper Jerpy is anybody. I think he's a unicorn. I think comparing him to anybody uh, is stupid and foolhardy. I think you'll hear people compare him to Chris Sale because of arm action. Look, he's his own unique beast, and so is Gordon Graceffo. Like, again, I think if you want to keep Graceffo in the Cardinals line of sight, I think there's Ryan Helsley there because I always viewed Helsley as a starter, as having starter stuff. And the Cardinals didn't. They viewed him as a bullpen piece because of the, the velocity that he had. Uh, and I, I think that there's some some correlation there. So that's that's really all that I have on that. You know, I don't um I, I don't really have comps for them. You know, I I don't necessarily know if there's like a one for one. I, I think that I think that they're kind of their own thing, you know, uh, with various levels of outcome. Uh, uh, Nick O says, wait, so Arson Judge isn't a real person? No, actually, I think he is. I could be wrong about that. Just not the right person. Ah, Zach says, FMK, FMK, fuck, Mary kill, Contreras, Kisner, and Herrera. Look, you know, uh, I think I think Kisner is probably the most marriage, you know, other than other than Wayno and Goldie. Kisner's he's marriage material. There isn't, yeah, he's he's marriage material. So then the question becomes, who are you going to fuck between Contreras and Herrera? You know, uh, as I get older, I come to appreciate youth. So I would probably fuck Herrera, you know. Uh, if you get a chance uh, in uh, a completely single situation to you, you do it, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I guess I would have to kill Contreras at that point based solely on looks and age. Uh, but if we're talking about skills, you marry Contreras, you fuck Herrera, and you kill Kisner, unfortunately. Nico says, I was hyped for a minute because I thought Aaron Judge, Arson Judge, was the Cardinals' newest bullpen attraction. That'd be pretty cool. If uh, the Cardinals do ever sign a relief pitcher with the last name Judge, call him Arson if he's a flamethrower. Steven Verlotz says, do you think there is going to be a prospect that is going to force his way onto the team after or in spring training? Uh, again, not to keep defaulting back to that, but Gordon Graceffo and his arm is really the only person that comes to my mind. You know, you get a couple of pitching injuries and maybe – Maybe Connor Thomas ends up finding his way into rotation in a 15-day cape, you know, a, 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 you know, uh, in a 15-day capacity. Why somebody nurses a a small injury? But uh, yeah, and then again, like, are if we're counting Wilking, uh, uh, if we're counting Wilking, or if we're counting like uh, Logan Sawyer, like those guys might be worth keeping an eye on, or Zuniga might be worth keeping an eye on. You know, if, uh, again. Freddie Pacheco, who's already on the 40-man, you know, my mind went with outside of the 40-man, um, you know, but yeah, like th those are the first names that come to my mind uh, in that regard. On Twitter or on YouTube 22 minutes ago, do you think we should be happy that framing may become irrelevant? Catchers with big arms and good bats are more excited to watch, in my humble opinion. Yeah, look, uh, baseball needs offense, right? People are interested in action via offense, and I do, you know, I, I think... I do, but like, let's see how it evolves. If you have catchers, the whole dynamic of a catcher changing because framing changes, then I don't necessarily know if that's good for baseball. Look, I am all about baseball getting younger. I'm all about baseball appealing to Generation Z or uh, Generation Y or whatever they're called, millennials, all of us. I'm all about that. But I don't necessarily know if that does, if it changes the whole fundamental of the catcher position. Let, let's wait and see what it looks like. You know, it hasn't changed minor league baseball when the ABS system has been there. I, I do like how they do it uh, where teams get a challenge of the ABS system. I find that fascinating. I think that that would be a great first step next year and then kind of adjust from there and see what it looks like. 
But um, I, I don't really have an opinion, uh, like a full opinion on it one way or the other. Nick O says, also, is Arson Judge the greatest baseball player to never exist? No, uh, I can't think of any others. But uh, yeah, look, as often as people like, well, I guess mostly just Nightingale and Heyman butcher these names, I'm sure there is some, uh, some others. Callan Dunn says, starting late listening to Kyle and Double Speed, my mind is exploding. Boy, I don't want to listen to myself. I, it's tough enough for me to listen to myself in regular speed. Listening to myself in double speed almost makes me throw up in my mouth. Uh, any rumors on the Danny Mac replacement? I don't have any. Fuzzle Light said, did Walsh ever get healthy after last season? My understanding as of about a month and a half ago is that he was rehabbing. I don't know. I haven't double-checked on the state of his rehab since. Sorry about that, Fuzzle Light. I, I will try to do some work this week and get you some more information next week. If We, do, we will almost certainly do pad next week. So hopefully we can ask that question again next week. On YouTube, about 20 minutes ago, Peter Wilhelm asks, Goldschmidt is a tank. Don't get me wrong, but we haven't had pools level power in years. Does Walker have 40 home run to 50 home run potential? Look, yeah, the potential is there. Is it realistic? Probably not. 40 home runs is a wild number. They don't grow on trees. You know, Tyler O'Neill didn't get to 40 home runs. Like, getting to 40 home runs is not easy. You know, I still think that if you're talking about next year, your best chance of 40 home runs is probably Nolan Arenado. Uh, but, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, there's 40 home runs in Jordan Walker. You know, right now it's more of a defensive, opposite field, you know, uh, uh, engineered kind of swing, even on inside pitches. It's more of an inside-out swing. But if he gets more comfortable at the major league level, I don't think there's any reason to think that he couldn't start turning on those pitches more. Remember, the two weaknesses for Jordan Walker uh, at the major league are, you know, uh, moving into a major league role is how he's going to handle stuff on the low outside, you know, portion of the strike zone. And if he can ever learn to turn on pitches uh, inside and actually do actual real damage instead of, you know, just some gap shots here and there. Uh, I think he will. With that aggressive promotion, I eventually think he'll settle into it and be a really, really, really good power hitter. But 40 home runs is rare, especially when half of the time Major League Baseball is trotting out a ball that's dead. Carter Zara says, anyone else want to watch Castaway now? Wilson! I didn't think about that. That's funny. Uh, no, 5712. Carlson plus Gorman plus whoever for Reynolds. I mean, you know, honestly, Carlson and Gorman for Reynolds, I think I do. Uh, and I love Carlson. And I or Carl, Carlson and Gorman for Reynolds. I think that I would consider. I would also probably try to get like Bedard or something uh, from the Pirates in that deal if I could. I think that would be fascinating. Uh, and I think that that's a lot of control to give up. And I think that Carlson is still going to be a potential all-star. I know a lot of people don't. And his batted ball data suggests he won't be. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, I think that the Cardinals in the roundabout way, again, I don't know if it's a move that I make. I think it's an interesting move. Uh, but I think that uh, the Cardinals would do well to pursue Reynolds if the opportunity presents itself and the asking price is just, you know, is reasonable or uh, uh, even if you have to stretch yourself. On, uh, on YouTube at 8.07, so 20 minutes ago, Jacob Fouts says, Bob Nightingale versus John Heyman, who would you rather have as a roommate? Um, you know, Heyman, because I bet Heyman keeps to himself. Nightingale seems like the kind of guy who would pester you and tell you stories that you don't give a shit about. Heyman kind of seems like the guy who's just like so wrapped into himself that you wouldn't have to fucking worry about him. Uh, uh, shout out, uh, I, honorable mention to uh, Mr. Denton. Zach Gifford, is it okay? It's okay, I'm still here. I love you, Zach. Uh, Zach. Peter Wilhelm over on YouTube, again, about 10 minutes ago, 
said, and one more question, what's your projected rotation and where do you rank it in the MLB approximately? Uh, my thought is that, uh, I mean, I don't have a projected rotation. The Cardinals' five starters, uh, more than likely in order of how they'll, you know, but the Cardinals' five starters, in, as far as talent goes, talent, not necessarily production, are Flaherty, Michaelis, Mats, Wayno, and Montgomery. My own personal opinion. I'm not high on Montgomery. I think we saw, you know, the Cardinals started using that four seam. The league was not used to it. They weren't prepared for it because the Yankees had all but faced it out, phased it out. And then when he started throwing the four seam more and teams got used to it, they started hitting him a little more. Uh, I, I just like the other four more, including Stephen Matz, which might sound crazy. Um, but those are their four. Uh, what order doesn't really matter because they're all just variations of the same, except for Jack Flaherty, who has the potential to be more, but isn't yet. Uh, has only showed it for a half a season. So that's that's that. And how does that project in the rest of the major leagues? Well, you can count on five teams at least tanking. You can count on five at least, you know, being on the fringes and somewhat in a rebuild. You can count on another five to kind of be caught in hell. And my guess would be that they're right in the middle, uh, but closer to back half, it would be my guess. Jordan Hilton asks, how much will Carlos Rodon earn this year? I'll say he gets six years, one seventy, so like twenty-eight mil or something like that. That's my guess. Uh, Nick asks, a prospect after dark meetup trip in Memphis or Springfield would be sick. You know, Nick, it's something that we've talked about and I uh, kind of tossed around quite a bit over the years, and it's just so hard to do. You know, uh, for a while there. I almost got um, I almost got a suite for the Cardinal game. I was going to have my brother Scott buy it, uh, and hopefully he's listening. By the way, I love you, Scott. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, I was going to get my brother Scott to get a suite and then just, like, invite the 30 people who participate the most in Twitter and thought that that would be fun. But, yeah, look, I would love to do a meetup somewhere. Uh, you know, because of Ashley, I, I spend most of my weekends in Illinois. I don't really get to go very far except for Peoria. Uh, and also my full-time job and my dad. I just don't really have a whole lot of time to go around. But I, I'd love to do some type of meetup. I think that'd be really fucking cool. Uh, Kareem says, do you think Pacheco and Walsh get an opportunity to be mainstays in the pen in 2023? I'm super high on both of them. You know, uh, Kareem, I, I do. I love Walsh. I love Pacheco. I'm I'm coming around on Zuniga. I Again, I obviously love Wilkin, Wilking. I like Logan Sawyer. And I hope that all of them get a real chance to make an impression in the bullpen coming out of spring training. I, I think the Cardinals are in kind of a weird spot where, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was like, man, I'm worried about their depth from the, the right-handed side. I'm worried about Giovanni Gallegos' ability to adapt to a pitching clock, you know, uh, and now I'm kind of like, you know, they've got the arms, you know, if Walsh is healthy, you know, you get Pacheco and Zuniga and Sawyer and Wilking Rodriguez, and you've got some really interesting options. So, yeah, Pacheco in particular, I'm going to wait on Walsh because of his, his checkered injury history. But I do think and I do hope that they get a real chance. Jordan Hilton says, Judge wants more Goldilocks balls. Yeah, by the way, that was a hell of an interesting uh, article um, uh, that was written that I reposted that I don't remember any of the details of. Sorry. Other than the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball used a couple different balls. Major League Baseball was pretty adamant about making sure their players didn't give that that uh, – that Will's woman baseballs and uh, it was hard for them to get baseballs. And then when they had dissected them, we saw that uh, there might've been some juice balls going on in Yankee stadium. Sorry. I know you don't like comps was trying to make it better by asking you to comp uh, to pass cards prospects. Yeah. Again, I think that's kind of what makes 
guys like Tink Hens and Gordon Graceffo and uh, Cooper Jerpy, who I keep wanting to call Connor like a fucking asshole. And Cooper Jerpy, kind of interesting, is that um, you know they're kind of kind of different, right? You know, sure they have repertoires that might mimic people, but they they have kind of and their own special quality about them. I don't know. Birds on the Black Discord could be fun. No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I saw you ask uh, Gifts about it. Maybe you and Gifts could work something out. I, again, it's not for me. Ja, maybe it is for me. I don't know. I say it's not for me, but I don't know for sure. Uh, Jack Callahan, about 10 minutes ago, says, do you think the Cardinals are intentionally keeping their players with low velo as starters and high velo in the pen? I feel like there's an element of strategy, but also could just be coincidence. Yeah, I think there's part of that. But, you know, the thing about guys with high velo is I think that the opportunities become more uh, – um, there's more opportunities for those guys, right? Like usually those guys come through a system a little bit quicker and put themselves in a position to contribute at the major league level a little bit faster. And I think that's why a lot of times they get shoved into a bullpen role is because they're there ready to be used. And a lot of times it's about, it's a little coincidence. A lot of times it's about strategic planning and a lot of times it's just about opportunity. So uh, the answer to your question is yes and no all at once. And then also the middle ground between Yes and no. And that's the beautiful thing about baseball is all the nuance built into it. How you can have how the answer to a question can be both yes and no and everything in between. And I think that's the case with the Cardinals and how they end up finding people into the bullpen. I think I do think that velocity and maybe validity of command of secondary offerings will keep a high velocity pitcher in the bullpen, uh, maybe more so than other organizations. Josh Hopkins says, could Ryan Loudis end up being more than just organizational depth? Yeah, you know, to me, Ryan Loudis is kind of Mitch Mitch Harris. Like, I've been thinking about it more and more, right? Because uh, he has velocity, and but maybe not a fastball that's going to get enough swing and miss to matter. And he doesn't – he's got an interesting – an interesting secondary pitch that he probably doesn't throw enough. Uh, probably be a major leaguer in and out. You know, I, again, I think he's more than organizational depth because usually organizational depth doesn't make much of a major league debut or anything more than a major league debut. Like when I think of organizational depth that makes major league debut, I think of Scott Hurst, I think of Kramer Robertson. I think he's a little bit more than that. You know, uh, from a pitching perspective, Ron, uh, 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 Roel Ramirez, um, Juan Cruz, like uh, those are the type of guys. And I think he's a little bit more than that. And I think uh, with a retooled fastball, I think he can be way more than that. Remember, this the off-seasons are different now. Like, guys aren't working to refine or clean things up in the off-season. Guys go to labs to get better. And uh, uh, Laudis is one of those guys who went to a lab to get better. So I don't think there's any reason to think that he won't use a lab to continue to get better. Uh, as he stands right now, I think he's just slightly above organizational depth with the potential to be more. Kareem, about 10 minutes ago over on YouTube, says, Julio E. Rodriguez should have been added to the 40-man. You know where I stand on that. You know, I almost think, we've talked about it before, I think they did the, him and them a disservice by not getting into AAA. Granted, he dealt with some injuries that kind of stopped him from going to AAA. So that's, again, a coincidence and timing kind of thing. But, yeah, look, I, I think they would have done well to hold on to him. I hope that they can – I hope that they're willing to outbid any team that would sign him to a minor league deal because I think it would do them well, you know, especially with uh, – uh, Austin Allen no longer in the organization. Uh, and I believe, I don't remember about Clint Coulter, but he's more of a DH than a catcher now at this point. Like, I think that next year, if you can go into AAA, and again, Yvonne Herrera and Pedro Pais kind of have Memphis right now as the roster is currently constructed with Kisner and 
Contreras in the majors. But like, you know, I think that you could argue that in a lot of ways, Julio E. Rodriguez is more advanced than both Pedro Pajes and maybe even Yvonne Herrera from a major league readiness standpoint in a limited role capacity with some interesting things that might make them more viable. So, you know, I hope he gets a chance. And he's one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised if when the chairs stop, you know, when the deck chairs stop, if all of a sudden a team signs him to a major league deal uh, because they missed out on catching depth. So, yeah, look, I'm with you. That's a long way to say I'm with you, but I'm with you. Uh, over on uh, Twitter, we have Sarah Ann, your big bald head on the TV keeps scaring away the cat, damn it. Oh, what's the cat's name? I love kitties. Uh, Iowa Next says Braves acquired Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. That's unexpected. Uh, minor league staffs haven't been announced yet, have they? No, they have not. Clayton says, all you had to say is meet up. I've been in your backyard since 6.15. Yeah, come on in, Clayton. Uh, bring Cameron with you. <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, we have had people show up at my apartment. So a uh, real funny story about Prospects After Dark is for a long time, I had a little pin drop when it was on Periscope telling everybody where my address was, which doesn't really matter because I would gladly tell anybody during Prospects After Dark what my address or phone number was. Uh, uh, but uh, so I have had people just randomly show up at my apartment uh, that is an actual fact of things that have really happened on two different occasions. Uh, eh, apartments 5079, uh, Waterman, apartment 309, St. Louis, Missouri, 63108. My phone number is 314-952-2137. Feel free to call me anytime. I'll ignore you. Uh, but anyways, yes, show up at my place on announce as much as you'd like or stare at me from the backyard back there. Stu Style says, how much did Dusty Blake fall playing to the newest pitching editions? Oh, Rodrigo and Zuniga. None. So, uh, you know, it was a cardinal mandate uh, as kind of um a reaction to both the, the shift changing, shift rule changing, and also what they saw at the end of the year last year to do whatever they had to do to bring in more strikeout potential. Like they understood that baseball was changing and that they needed, especially in the bullpen, more strikeout potential uh, as they were unable to use a shift. So this is actually a mandate that predates Mike Maddox even leaving the organization. Jared Fowler says, hello, Jared. How are you? By the way, uh, let's see, I've got got Montucky. I've got this. I think I've got more blonde ale than anything. So the Belgian blonde to you, Jared Fuller. An hour and 25 minutes in. It's incredible how fast this goes. Kyle, if Jordan Walker hits a grand slam in his first at bat, will you do some sort of seductive uh, <laughs> gifts? Texted me, said he did used to have his vacation, his uh, location turned on during bed. Uh, I know. How funny is that? Uh, uh, so will you do some type of uh, TikTok dance? I don't know how to TikTok. I don't TikTok. But look, if you want me to do a seductive dance, if Jordan Walker gets a granny in his first at bat, uh, I'll gladly do it. I'm willing to do anything for the people. Uh, best to never exist was Ricky Coinside or whatever that guy wasn't. Forgot it was uh, you or Severity or something else. So uh, for a while there, um, <laughs> Alex Crisofulli, had an ongoing joke in our uh, Birds on the Black DM about a player named Ricky Coinside. Uh, and I think it was like R-I-C-K-E-Y uh, Coinside. And in a couple of different write-ups, I wrote Ricky Coinside in there. It's kind of an ode to him and an inside joke for Birds on the Black and about it being a relief pitcher. And I used to have people in my DMs and in every imaginable way, like, who the fuck is Ricky Coinside? Is this somebody that they signed? And I just would never answer uh, and just let them try to figure it out. But, yeah, that's a great point, Zach. The, the greatest player to never exist is Ricky Coinside. Is brought to you by Alex Crisofulli. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, Stu Stout says Crisofulli, LOL. 
Uh, Matthew Stromer says, what's your opinion of Juan Ben Cho after year one? So, again, I I think it's Win, even though it looks like Juan. I think it's Win Ben Cho. I love Win Ben. Like, I am a big fan of Mr. Cho. I think that all the athleticism is there. I think that he has a potential to be a plus bat with with above average power and also uh, above average abilities, above average fielding abilities built on speed and arm strength out in center field. He has a long way to go to get there. Um, you know, longer than Baez, uh, longer than Bernal, you know, uh, longer than Mejia to get there. He's just not there yet, um, but he's getting there. And again, like nothing's wrong with being a little bit more patient with this type of prospect, but nothing but, you know, the stat line in a very, very limited sample is not exactly impressive. But everything I heard from people within the Cardinals organization, as well as people on the national side uh, that I talked to, spoke nothing but highly of Mr. Cho. So again, positive, another one of those high caliber, high talent, um, high potential bats that the Cardinals have in their organization that should get Cardinal fans excited. Uh, J. Davis said, sorry if I missed it. Hoping to hear about the Latin signing guy they call Super Mario. Uh, uh, that's Luis Patino. Uh, uh, he, uh, Luis Patino, Jesus. Luis Pino. God, I don't know why the fuck I'm having so much trouble with names. It's like my fucking mind. Luis Pino. They signed him last year. He's an outfielder. Again, maybe a little bit more advanced. Uh, got off to a really hot start this year before struggling a little bit down the stretch. I think that you're going to hear a little bit about Luis Pino. But look, he's kind of a... Uh, a, a Malcolm Nunez type prospect with a little bit more raw power, uh, kind of choppy, weird little steps, athletic. Um, think about him kind of along those lines as like a ceiling potential. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, Kyle, Sarah says, Kyle, I'll do what people want. Also won't take his shirt off. Hey, sorry. I'm uh, we gotta, we, we gotta earn it. We gotta earn it. The gotta earn the shirt coming off. Sorry, Twitter people. Now signing Wilson Contreras was close, but it wasn't there. Uh, a waiterade says Stephen Mads is solid, especially for what he's getting paid. Yeah, it's funny, you know. Uh, we're seeing all these guys get pretty substantial contracts. We're seeing this market re- revert back to where it was pre-pandemic, uh, maybe even pre-2019. Honestly, uh, and Stephen Matt's contract looks affordable, but also like the one guy who. Didn't get overpaid really so far, oddly enough, uh, is Wilson Contreras. So, again, raise our glass to the Cardinals for that. Just more proof that the Wilson Contreras signing, relatively speaking, was a good signing, even if it doesn't pan out in the long run, in hindsight. Carter Zare says, thoughts on Evan Mendoza to the Padres. I am – look, I love Evan Mendoza. Evan Mendoza has been awesome to me. Uh, he's been awesome to fans in Memphis and Springfield and his entire Peoria, his entire journey through the Cardinal system. He's been a, a, a great ambassador for the Cardinals. You know, people make fun of the NFT stuff, and I get that because I don't, I mean, because obviously, because obviously, because obviously, um, you know, NFT. But I say good for him because I think he's going to get more of an option, uh, more of a chance to actually be added to a 40 man and make a major league debut with the Padres. You know, maybe he can go there and maybe they can retool swing and find a little bit of power enough to make his bat play up in a limited utility role as a very good defensive infielder at various positions. You know, honestly, Devin Mendoza, I'm going to raise my glass of a Belgian blonde for my uh, all the advent calendar. Uh, 
Aaron Johnson says, what am, what am I hoping to see in Henson's development next year? Well, we want to see Markevian go a little deeper into starts. We want to see if he can get a little bit more swing and miss with this changeup. Uh, we want to see how he adjusts to left-handed hitters. I think it's, I think his repertoire specifically is it's going to be really good, devastating against lefties. But I think that there's some concern there, you know, uh, uh, is my understanding. We just want to see him take incremental steps. We wanted to see him maintain the success he's had, but deep into, deeper into starts than three or four innings, um, and also not wear down with 100-plus innings worth of work. That's what I want to see. I also don't want to see the Cardinals rush him. You know, if he's good all year at Peoria, good. You don't need to push him to Springfield in fucking June just because in July – just because he's dominating uh, a Peoria a high A between April and June, like give him, give him some time. Don't, don't push him, you know, wait till 2024 to push him, start him in 2024 at Springfield and push him if he, if he's ready, but just, I have no problem with the Cardinals taking it slow with some of these prospects. And, and I would love for them to do that with hence, you know, develop your Sandy Alcantara, you know, don't push him. Let him become something special because he is something special. Bo Barton says, love the stream, Kyle. Listen, I had a semester and a half of college, so I understand the sink cost fallacy as a concept. That being said, make the Cardinals moving on from Alex Reyes now makes sense. Well, you know, technically they haven't moved on from Alex Reyes. We'll see what happens, right? Now, more than likely they've moved on from Alex Reyes, but it's not in the past yet. There's still a chance it could happen. The Cardinals organization thinks incredibly highly of Alex Reyes. And if he gets it, you know, and I'm sure they've kept in touch with him. I don't know for sure, but I'm sure they've kept in touch with him. And I'm sure if his rehab gets into a position, they'll start talking about maybe a minor league deal uh, to bring him back. So they haven't turned it, but like to make sense of it, it's really simple. It's not about cost at all. Like the Cardinals know that they could eat 2.8 of Alex Reyes if he was healthy. The issue is health. And because he has so many health issues over the years, uh, I, I, it plays more into that than the actual cost of it. You know, the 2.8 that he probably would have got uh, from an arbitrator or whatever it, it was. Like, it's just about the roster spot plus the cash uh, when compared to current health state. So, that like, that's the sense to make out of it. Sarah says... Have you considered taking Kinko by Loba for memory loss? Uh, maybe not drinking three beers at a time would be a good idea for memory loss. No, look, honestly, like, I just have so much shit on my mind between work and family and holidays, as everyone does, uh, car stuff. I had to pump a couple hundred bucks into my car today, and luckily the mechanics at work helped me fix it. Otherwise, it would have been a couple thousand dollars worth of work. This happens, like, every three months now. Uh, I keep thinking about my car uh, I, I keep thinking about some of the families I've been in touch with via DM that were worried they were going to get selected in the role five players and families. Um, some of the guys I've been talking to about in the organ in, in the industry about Wilking Rodriguez, uh, thinking about not making an ass in front of myself. Like I just got, I got caught up in everything. Um, and, uh, not wanting to dis disappoint, honestly. And that's where my mind was. And then I started putting pressure on myself and just like everybody else who has performance anxiety and comes quick. You get caught up in your own head, and then all of a sudden there's semen everywhere. Uh, Josh Hopkins says, I've never wanted someone to succeed as bad as I want Juan Yepes. Yeah, look, we are pro Juan Yepes to the Yepes family, to the Carlson family. Look, look, I think that's one really interesting thing with the Cardinals as they're currently construction. An hour and 35 minutes of this nonsense. Why are we still going? I think that's the interesting thing about the Cardinals, right? Like, 
I don't give a shit about Dakota Hudson, of course, and Stephen Matz and maybe some other people. But, like, by and large, you root for Alec Burleson. That's a kid worth rooting for. Same with Dylan Carlson. Same with Tyler O'Neill. Same with Lars Newfar. Edmund, Donovan. You know, uh, uh, the bullpen options. Hicks, Gallegos, Helsley. Like, it's a team full of players that Juan Yepes, a team full of players that you really want to root for as people. The Cardinals cultivate that, and then we talk about the Cardinal way and all that shit. But, like, yeah, look, all of these guys I want to root for and I want to see succeed, and they deserve that success and that opportunity. And that's why, in a lot of ways, I'm fine with the Cardinals sticking with their three prominent outfielders and the backup options of Gomez and Yepes and Burleson. Uh, uh, instead of upgrading those positions, because I still think there's more there. And also I want to see him succeed. And also I want to see him have a chance to succeed. And also I want to see him have a chance to succeed with the Cardinals. And I think it'd be really cool to see it. Now, again, the problem is any right-handed hitter hitting at Bush gets fucked because Bush sucks, except for someone like Moises Gomez, who's just going to punish the fucking ball, regardless of where they're at. Aaron Johnson says, what's the most interesting insight you've learned from talking to the Cardinals minor leaguers, scouts, or front office people? Yeah, you know, it just depends on who you talk to. Like, you talk to certain players, and you would think that uh, uh, they're being held back by coaches of the organization. You know, you talk to uh, – not, not scout-related in the Cardinals organization, but you talk to scouts from a couple organizations who, like, reach out to you and are like, hey, we really like what you do. That's really awesome. Uh, I have had one organization ask me if I'd ever be interested in a job that isn't the Cardinals, uh, and to which are polite – politely decline any interest first off i'm not good enough for that i just make an ass out of myself um uh i would think about it with the cardinals but anyways everybody else i would i would gladly turn it down and i would not be good at it and it seemed more like musing than anything else um you know what you learn from them is that uh a everybody's cagey with the fucking data which drives me crazy um but that there's a, there is a process and depending on which organization it is the process is either really tight or really loose. And I'm sure that you can put it together like a team like the Cardinals. My guess is they have a really tight scouting organization because they do it really fucking well. Now, the person that I've talked to is for a team that might be perceived as having uh, not as a successful of an organization or a well-run organization. And they seem to have a little bit more loosey-goosey. Um, talking to minor leaguers, you know, uh, again, like, and I'm not going to get into the front office of it all. That's, that is not something I'm going to talk about. Uh, but like with minor leaguers, like you just, you really sympathize for the grind that they go through. Uh, you know, like we talk about it as people on the outside, but the grind of minor league baseball is tough. You know, they've done some stuff like the six, the, the weekly uh, stands, you know, playing Tuesday through Sunday um, in one place. That's been big. The housing is huge. The food still needs to get better. We'll see how, you know, the minor league uh, uh, players union collectively bargains uh, an agreement. Like that's one of the things that's been lost in the off season. I hope that real journalists get a chance to pick up after the winter meetings. Um, you just learn how tough it is. You learn how tough baseball is. You know, you learn uh, talking to a guy hitting 312 and using the entire field that, uh, you know, how much he feels like he's struggling, how much data he's getting. Um, there is, I mean, there really is just so much, you know, uh, there's just so much. You know, you start getting inside stories about people that honestly, someone like me doesn't want. I don't want that information. Like, I want to try to stay as unbiased as possible. So I don't want that information. But you listen to it because honestly, people need to talk about that shit. You just want to be there for them. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, you learn a lot and a lot of stuff that I'm doing a poor job of, of accentuating right now. 
Aaron Johnson says, I wish the Cardinals were bigger, more aggressive players in the Asian player market. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I agree with you, but I'm also glad at the same time that they're not. You know, again, we talked uh, we started talking about Kodak Senga um, earlier, and that is a player that I would definitely, a pitcher that I've been talking about since 2017, that I would definitely like to see the Cardinals be more involved in the pursuit of. Uh, we'll see. Bo Barton says, also still good to be excited about Ivan Herrera. What do you think it looks like for him in a year or two? We'll wait and see. Look, I still think Ivan Herrera has the potential to be the Cardinals catcher of the future. And again, we talked about it a little earlier. First off, be excited about everybody from Nick Dunn to Ivan Herrera to uh, Evan Mendoza when he was part of the organization to Logan Gragg to Wilfredo Pereira to um, Gustavo Rodriguez to Roy Garcia. Be excited about all of these guys. Look, don't be uh, over-projecting. Don't think that they're all going to solve every problem at the major leagues. But, like, be excited about all of them. There's no reason not to be. As far as what does it look like for Herrera, look, I still think there's a chance he's a catcher of the future. I still think that the Cardinals will be smart about Wilson Contreras' workload. I think that right now in the immediate future, that's Kizan Contreras. But I can see a situation where in a year it's Herrera and Contreras. I hope it's not. I hope Kiz continues to grow and get better. And I think he has that in him as the guy who watched him in the minors, especially at the plate. I think he can continue to be that guy. But, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it. I could see a situation where if everybody stays healthy, healthy, you know, next year it's Contreras for 110 games behind the plate and Avon for 50. And then the next year, kind of a 90 and 70 split. And then the year after it flips to 70 and 90 with, with Contreras getting a lot of DH at bats. Like, there's a lot of things that kind of rotate around that. The Cardinals' son, the lineup son, the roster construction uh, uh, center of the universe. You know, what's, what, what, what is Juan Yepes doing? You know, does, uh, does, does he run and be an everyday uh, 10 to 15% above league average defensive DH? Like, not defensive DH, DH. Like, I think he is. I think he's capable of being that. Will he? I don't know. I can't say. Depends on how he adjusts to the outside pitch specifically. Uh, early in counts. Uh, like, that's going to be a huge thing. I think he can be. I think he will be. But Willie, I can't say for sure. And at that point, I think that that would kind of change some stuff. Does does Ivan Herrera get traded? Maybe. And what does that look like for him in a year or two? I think that probably means whoever he's traded to allows him to be a starting catcher somewhere. So I think that when we're talking about one way or the other, regardless of what happens in the near future, Ivan Herrera is going to get a chance to be a starting catcher or at least a, a near 40% timeshare catcher, whether it's for the Cardinals or another team in the near future. Jared Fuller says, hi, everybody on Twitter. Uh, Aaron Johnson says, it was funny to see Maddox say he was leaving to slow down and then turn around and become the Rangers pitching coach. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. Look, um, I think Derek Gould said it really well at the uh, the Journal Q&A we went to a couple weeks ago that, uh, you know, it is slowed down for him because now he's going to be working from home, right? Like his home state and he's right there. So that is slow down. You know, when you're talking about being away from home for 162 games, unless the Cardinals are playing in Texas, uh, then yeah, like it's a huge, it is a change of pace. But I also think that the change of pace is within the Cardinals organization as they get more analytically inclined. And uh, to that, I say goodbye, Mike Maddox. Uh, we don't really care. Are you are you recording this on a toaster from Bruce Foley? Yeah, basically, honestly, we, we talked about this before. So Twitter changed it. Oh God, oh God. So Twitter changed it so that you can't like, so the questions are still, the questions are still going this way. So the only way that I can read the questions is if I put the phone like this. Um, and uh, so that makes the fucking thing look like shit, honestly. 
<laughs> Clayton says sending you a card shield Groupon. Oh hey, oh we got six bots. Find my hot girls here. Find my hot girls here. Find my hot girls here. Boy, do we we love a good sex bot. Uh, basically, the the first sponsor of Prospects After Dark, the sex bots. Aaron Johnson says, I'm really excited about Mason Wynn. No question, just saying. I'm excited about Mason Wynn, too. You know, I don't want fans to have unreal expectations about Mason Wynn. Like, I've heard people compare him to Trey Turner. He's not Trey Turner. He's not going to be Trey Turner. Trey Turner is a unique once-in-a-lifetime type player with, you know, he's going to be maybe Turner Light if you want to play that, but even that, that's not fair. You know, uh, he's a better shortstop than the national people are giving him credit for. His speed plays better than the national people are giving him credit for. Anybody who tells you that he dogs it on the field is out of their fucking mind. They're lying. They're getting him mixed up with somebody. Um, he's he's a full-throttle fucking non-stop fucking prospect, man, and he loves the game. Now, he might have tired out in the Arizona Fall League a little bit, but that's to be expected. So did Jordan Walker. You know, all of these guys did. Um, so, like, I don't know. Maybe there was some fatigue. But anybody who thinks that fucking Mason Wynn takes plays off is out of their fucking mind. And if they're telling you that, they're wrong, and you shouldn't trust them. It's just that simple. I hate to be that way, but it's just that simple. Uh, that's a That's a... That's a kid who tags from fucking second on a deep fly ball to center. Sorry, there's like I'm sorry to keep dropping the f bomb, but it really pisses me off when people do shit like that because it's inaccurate. Uh, but look, yeah, it's he's worth getting excited about. I don't know if he's like that all star type. I think he might be. He has all star potential. I don't think he's there. I don't know if that's necessarily in his future. But he does have long term sustainability as a major league contributor in the infield for years and. You know, as we real fast before we get to that, uh, Aaron Johnson also says we can pay whatever we're paying DeYoung to be a backup shortstop. We can pay Wilson seventeen point five uh, to be a backup half of a catching tandem for four or five years. That's a really good point. Well, real fast, the other thing I want to say about Herrera is people who say that he can move to second and be an elite second baseman. No, fuck off with that. That look, no. The one thing about being a second baseman and being elite is that it would allow him to be a cutoff man which is where part of his arm plays off really well. But, like, moving him to second, like, why? This isn't late-stage Raphael for call where he's best off at second. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? If you're going to move him off a shortstop, which you shouldn't, and by the way, a 21-year-old, you would never move off a shortstop years ago, uh, uh, even if they were in double-A, and you would never move this guy off a fucking shortstop. You move him to center field. That's where you move him to. What a stupid, stupid commentary. Or you move him to third base. Sure, he doesn't have the power for third base, but neither did Matt Carpenter. And sure, Matt Carpenter developed power, but if you can use all fields, then you can be a, a viable third baseman for quite some time. Uh, Derek says, any chance win gets some run at second base in the minors? Yeah, look, the Cardinals have now a track record of guys getting play at other positions. The Cardinals understand that it does them well to have as many utility options as possible. Um, and I think that I think that will go with win. I think you'll see him get some run at second. I think you'll see him get some run at third. I think you'll see him get some run out in the outfield. And I think that will probably tip off exactly how close to the majors he is because it will be about getting his bat into the lineup as soon as possible and giving him as many opportunities to get at bats as possible. Cardinal Pin 0213 says, Mo was the king of highway robbery, signing Contreras for less than $20 million a year as a bargain. I agree with you. The fifth year is a little dicey, but you know what? With the DH and Contreras' track record, it's fine. It's it's totally fine. Jordan Joe says, Moises Gomez season hopefully earned him at least 
some spot starts on the big league club next year with his power. I would love to see more than 20 at bats like they did with Randy and Adolis. Adolis. I agree, Jordan Jost, and I think he'll get that chance. Like, I think we'll start hearing as we get closer to spring training that he'll get a chance. I'm going to pour this Montucky into the glass to uh, compete for at bats in the DH spot, depending on what type of additions they make between now and then in the DH capacity. And uh, uh, caught back up to live time. Now Kyle sounds mega drunk and slurry. Now, to be fair, I'm not mega drunk and I'm not really slurry. I have half of a Montucky left. I've only gone through the albino white stout from horny goat but the problem is i'm trying really hard to get through a lot as quickly as possible and because of that i'm i'm definitely all over the fucking place uh we also have like a half of a belgian blondale so really i've only drank two beers so far uh we're at an hour and 47 minutes this is nuts um but uh yeah so anyways getting back to moises gomez look i think he's going to get a real chance to make a major league uh impression at spring training and from there anything could happen look that power is amazing. His ability to drive the ball is amazing. And I hope that he gets a chance to show that off at the major leagues. And I hope if he gets a chance to show that off at the major leagues, he actually shows it off. To Moises Gomez, to Colin Dunn, to uh, to Jordan Jost, to everybody here at Prospects After, for being in Prospects After Dark, we raise our glass. God, I still have so much to drink. Uh, Victoria says, my favorite part of the Contreras signing is the reaction of Cub fans. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, if he's good, the amount of, of like, weight we'll be able to hold over Cubs fans' heads is just so nice. Just so nice. Just such a delightful thing. And I love that. Uh, so, again, to Wilson Contreras, we raise our glass. All you have to do is be good. You don't have to be great. You just have to be good. And Cardinal fans are going to love you. All you have to do is be like the Justin Falk of the Cardinals, and we'll love you. Belgian Blonde into the mug. Now, if you think that I'm drunk now and slurry now, just wait till you see me in 20 minutes when I just hammered the end of three beers. Uh, Colin says, even the most sober among us would sound slurry going from two times and one time. Your endurance is admirable. Wink. Yeah, that would be an amazing thing if my endurance was admirable. Uh, Bo Barton says, how long until the Cardinals bring in Carp on a one-year deal? I know how it sounds, but I honestly don't hate it. Yeah, look, there's no reason to hate it. And sure, when uh, Carp came back at the end of the year for the Yankees and struck out seven straight times in the playoffs, that's not good. But I'm not opposed to it. Again, like at this point, what I would like to see the Cardinals do is be opportunistic. You know, Carp's the kind of guy who you get into spring training or you're a week away from spring training and he wants to take a one-year deal at $4 million or $5 million. You want to give him the Corey Dickerson money? Then sure, why not? What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. Especially not with a manager like Ali Marmol, who would know how to use Matt Carpenter instead of Mike Schilt, who did not, you know. Um, so I'm for it. And I think that there's reason to wait until you get closer to spring training before you make any type of addition that is just like DH only in that capacity from a left-handed or right-handed hitting perspective. Unless it's an elite DH uh, uh, th then, then maybe you get a little bit more aggressive, but yeah, we're at the opportunity. We are at the quote unquote being opportunistic stage of free agency for the Cardinals aside from pitching. Uh, again, if they can move somebody to make that starting staff better, I think we'd all feel a little bit better. You know, the problem is Michaelis isn't going anywhere. Flaherty isn't going anywhere. Wayno isn't going anywhere. Uh, Matt's isn't going anywhere. 
Montgomery might be the only one, and that's something that I would like to see happen, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to do it. You know, in my mind, you could probably move Montgomery and Hudson, and then maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't want it. Maybe somebody like Pacheco and get a real starter uh, in there and make your starting staff better. And also, like, I'm also pro, and this is something I want to go on the record. I think Steven Matz would be an incredible bullpen option for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I, that's what I think. I think I think you bring in a starter, if you can convince Matz to be a bullpen option for the Cardinals, I think you will finally have what you hoped you'd get out of Andrew Miller. And that's what I would do. Uh, that's if that was something he was interested in, and you're kind of tied over the barrel by a guy you signed. But I think that would be the best thing for the Cardinals. Watching that guy pitch out of the bullpen, he's like a whole different monster. His attack, his attitude, everything. Um, that's what I'd like to see. I don't think they'll do it. But, uh, yeah, that's the direction I'd go in with that. Uh, but I do think they need more starting pitchers. And it'd be nice if they got somebody like other than the the, the Montgomery type, uh, uh, something a little bit better than that to fill the rotation spot. Now, Kareem asked a good question. Where do you think Andrew Marrero finishes next year? Triple-A. I think he and Andres Granillo are both at triple-A by the end of the year. You know, uh, he really struggled at double-A, but but uh, Gianluca Delatri. Like, I think those are three relief-pitching right-handed arms to keep a close eye on. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, again, um, uh, uh, I think Marrero probably starts the year at double-A. I think Delatri probably starts the year at double-A. I think Granillo probably starts the year at double-A. But, yeah, look, depending on how things go ahead of them, I would suspect that all three of those monsters – and, again, Marrero and uh, Granillo are both a little bit more of a monster than Delatri. Delatri is more of a pitch first over stuff with a little bit of deception uh, uh, reliever. But, yeah, the, the fastball-slider combo for Marrero and um, uh, Granillo should both get them on knocking on the door of the major leagues by the end of the season, Kareem. That's where I'm at. Again, to everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, we're going to try to polish off our Belgian Blondale. Uh, we're now we're in 53 minutes into this. Again, look, I love doing this. I'm glad that you guys are here. Somehow we're second straight week of getting two hours in and having really good dialogue, really great questions. Not good dialogue, because I don't know shit, but having really good questions that hopefully get people thinking and they can answer the questions for themselves better than I can. So to all the pad people, I raise our glass, all the birds on the black people, uh, Gifts, Enchil, Stu Styles, Ben Cerruti, uh, Alex Crisofoli, Tara. You guys got to do chirps. I miss chirps so goddamn much like they're watching. To Zach Gifford who's in here, STL Cup of Joe, uh, to all of the the, the people on, on uh, birds on the black and all my prospects after dark people, I raise my glass. Kareem, what do you think? Where do you think Marrero finishes? I'm going to have a little bit more beer. I'm going to hope that Kareem answers my question. Uh, again, so my plan moving forward, and we'll see how it goes because I go visit my dad like two or three times a week, and I'm usually not home on the weekends, and uh, we're doing, you know, holiday stuff and weather stuff, and my car breaks down like every two months now. Um, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is my plan is to do pad – Every Wednesday moving forward for the for the perceivable future. Um, so, again, I, if, if you enjoyed it, let me know, and hopefully we can keep going. Um, that'd be really cool. Green Pete 506 says, late arriving, took my last exam for my MBA. Can't wait to listen to the pad tomorrow. Uh, well, then there's only one thing that we can do. We raise the last of our drink to Green Pete 506 over on YouTube. And, again, uh, if you're just coming into pad right now and you haven't been over to YouTube, uh, I would tell you again to go to Birds on the Black YouTube, 
not bearers on the black YouTube, as Twitter would tell you. Um, I did not have a bad time. Good, Sarah Ann. I like to hear that. Uh, hopefully, you did not have a bad time to the rest of the people in here. But as long as you didn't, Sarah, we're all happy. Um, Kyle, I speak for all of us. We all fucking love Pat. Oh, that makes me happy. But anyways, to Green Pete 506 as he's late arriving, he took his last exam for his MBA. We raise our glass to the Pat community, to uh, Green Pete, to all the people in the Pat community. That Sarah R says cheers to you, Sarah R. Um, to everybody in the Pat community who's in school and getting through it. To you, Green Pete, we raise our glass. I'm not going to do one more cheers, but again. The Cardinals have made some incredible signings and incredible draft picks over the last couple of years. And that scouting staff, Randy Flores gets all the credit and he facilitates that environment. And he's really good at what he does. But that scouting staff deserves all of the credit in the fucking world for what they're doing, man. How impressive. Uh, but that's it. That's it for Prospects After Dark on December 7th, uh, uh, 2022. A day that uh, will go into infamy. Uh all of those years later, because uh, I can't add, <laughs> from December 7th, 1941, uh, that would be with the carry of the three, 79 years ago? Uh, anyways, those years ago, uh, <laughs> for everybody at Pad, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I'm Kyle Reese. I'm your host. Thank you for being a part of our dumb little show. Uh, if you watch this, you're a part of the Reese Resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting. We'll see you next Wednesday. And in the words of Wilkin Rodriguez, yeah! Ah! Oh, no, I can't X out of it. Oh, boy. Boy, I ruined that. I ruined that. This is the end of the YouTube stream. Apparently, now I sing at the end of the YouTube stream. Kareem says, thanks for doing this again. Cheers to you all. No cheers to you, Kareem. Thank you for being in the YouTube stream. I'm going to press the end of the broadcast. It's going to ask me again about ending the broadcast. Do I press not yet? Do I press end the broadcast? I don't know what to do. I'm singing a song for you.